Welcome to Game Face, episode 208 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. This is our flagship show. If you'd like to support Sifted in any way, head on over to patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, we appreciate every dollar in our Patreon, particularly in times like this. Uh, we do have a big show today. We have like nine topics, I think, today, so we have a lot to get through. I don't want to spend a ton of time on the intro, but I do, I do want to mention something before we get started. Uh, so the last couple weeks of the show have been our first two episodes where everyone's away from the studio and Mitch is just, <clears throat> excuse me, in the studio. Um, we have had some major production issues that you guys probably haven't even noticed and, you know, I'm not even going to get into them. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we were having production issues with the show. I became frustrated after the second week of it. And unfortunately, I allowed that to carry into my tone on the show. That is bad. It's not good. And I apologize for it. Uh, if I bothered any of you folks with my attitude in last week's episode, my apologies. I truly do mean it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, it's been the hardest two months of running Sifted since the site launched. Not making any excuses. There's just a lot going on, and I've been very frustrated. And that came through in my tone in last week's episode. So I apologize. I've talked to Mitch about it, and I want to give him a second to kind of share his opinion on it as well. So, Mitch, there's your, there's your time. All right. Um... And I and first off, I just want to say Shane and I are great friends. I mean, and I'm not saying it just to say it's in, in people that in the comment section, I've read them. So just so everyone's aware, I chose not to comment just because I didn't want to cause more uproar in any capacity by saying the wrong thing or saying something different. Uh, so I just wanted to say people that are judging our friendship are completely wrong. Um, I respect Shane. I love Shane very much. He's been nothing but great to me. And in this scenario that we're all in right now, I mean, we're all new getting to know each other and we have to try to do it secluded from each other and it become really difficult. And I think the final thing I can say is we're just really passionate about what we want to talk about. And sometimes tone can be a little different. And, you know, I don't take it to heart at the end. Uh, Shane and I talk about it every time after just to, you know, we talk everything out of what we ever need to work out. So it, I have nothing against Shane in any capacity. Um, he's been nothing but great to me. Hey, Mitch, we are getting some notes. You need to turn your mic up a little bit okay. um, in the chat. But anyway, just wanted to address that. I wasn't going to just let it go. Uh, there were some people on the site who really freaked out about it. And I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it off the top of the show uh, just to get it all out there so you all know what's going on. Um, so I have anyway. nothing but contempt for both of these people. <laughs> and rightfully so. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, there's Matt Kyle. How you doing, Matt? Uh, still here. Yep. <laughs> Me too, brother. I need a haircut so bad. Like, <laughs> I, I, I guess I might, but I don't know. I keep it longer. You keep your hair longer. And so, oh my God, like I am at the point where I'm like investigating like a flow bee. Like there's I don't know whole, what to do. Uh, there's a whole thing <laughs> that was going around the last couple of days of like, it was just like hashtag like do the thing. And it was just like men shaving their heads. Yeah. I thought about that too. Unfortunately. I, well, I already had to promise someone I wouldn't do it. So see, that's, that's where I'm at. My <laughs> wife has told me many times over that I should never, ever shave my head. So I, you know, to me, she's the only one that really matters. I'm not going out trying to right. pick up chicks. So when my wife tells me not to do something, I don't do it. So here I am with my shaggy hair that needs a flow bee or clippers or something. God knows 
when I'm going to cut my hair and how long it's going to be by the time this is all over. But anyway, um, we do have a big show for you guys today. We're not going to talk specifically about a bunch of big games. Um, I inadvertently... Because there aren't of, any. There aren't any. It's been a slow week for games. I inadvertently kind of left our final uh, impressions of Final Fantasy out of the show um, because I think we want to tackle that in a spoiled um, mm-hmm. instead of handling it on Game Face. A place also, where we you had something of a unique disaster yeah i've had a nightmare with the game so i got and i know no one else has had this problem but i definitely did uh the game crashed on me and it was unlike any crash i've ever seen before on ps4 an error message came up saying that the data had been corrupted and that i needed to reinstall the data um and then there's a little button at the bottom there and if i clicked on that it would automatically spit the disc out of my ps4 pro so yesterday I reinstalled, uninstalled, reinstalled all 85 gigs of it. I can't believe that game's 85 gigs. And still I'm having the same problem with that save. So I have not gone back and checked and see to see if an old save I could keep playing from it. I'm kind of afraid to do that anyway because I feel like maybe the problem is rooted in something from back then. I don't know. So I'm at an impasse on Final Fantasy 15, so I couldn't really talk about it much anyway. So yeah. and I got to chapter 14 and... I, ha- I had to do something else for my mental health. It was, uh, <laughs> I, I really don't like playing that game. Like I, yeah. I like, I still like the story stuff more or less with the character interactions. I really yeah. like Aerith. Um, like I really like the characters more than I ever did in any other form of media they've ever been in. But the gameplay is just stone cold boring to me. So it went, well, I will say you, this: I have liked it, it less and, the more I've played it. <laughs> right. I, I, if you like, if you want to do a spoiled on it, just like give me a heads up so I can finish it or watch the ending on YouTube or something. But like, I am not going to choose to play this game any further for a few days. I would have kept playing if it hadn't crashed. But I will say that some of the things that you had mentioned last week about filler and things like that, the more I played it, the mm-hmm. more I started to notice it. Absolutely. Well, it's also super weird because, like, I I was right at the Don Corneo stuff last week when we when we talked about it, mm-hmm. and like playing that was like, it should have been amusing, and I guess it was to some degree, but that was like kind of a side comedy filler thing in the original game anyway so in this it's like we've just been through six hours of filler and then we go through another like canonical filler that had to be there because it's part of the old game yeah but it just feels like you're off in nothing town for like forever and then they drop you in the sewers and you have to go through the sewers for forever it's just i don't know it's it's i i never thought i'd say this about square but i kind of wish they just made a movie Oh, wow. Uh, Another thing that I noticed the longer I played the game is is it became, over time, more about just constantly watching your health. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the boss fights, like, if I try them the first time and I don't succeed, the second time, I almost beat them every time. Because then I just start watching the health and nothing else, really. Um, I I I don't mind the combat, but I just find it kind of tedious. And I don't understand why Square is so obsessed with putting invincible shields around bosses. Like they've been doing that for years and years. And I'm like, you've already got a stagger gauge, like wasting, like kind of as a barrier between me and the life bar. Like you don't need to continually throw up invincible shields to like let your stupid boss pattern play out further. Like I, it's so archaic and it, is, yeah. it feels don't. a little like Frankenstein-ish, like it was kind of slapped together, like it had they had a bunch of parts, and they're like, "How do we fit all these together? Let's find some glue yeah. and some tape, and let's make it happen." And all I can say is, like, if I, 
if you complained about how The Witcher 3 controlled, I don't want to hear it, how good this game plays. Because running around in the, in the, in the world in this, not the combat, but running around in the world in this game is a fucking chore. Yeah, uh, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I've actually gone back to you want to talk about boring to most people. I went, I've gone back to Swotor <laughs> because they have a double XP event going on. So I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I'm gonna finally finish that Jedi Knight storyline. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's move on with the show proper. We just gave you a little bonus segment there for Final Fantasy VII. We are going to be doing a spoiled on that as well. Uh, Mitch and I are also going to be recording a spoiled for uh, Ozark here soon by now i think you guys have all probably mm. finished it and if not you should have uh, so we're gonna be recording that as well we can't do a spoiler on it for like three more weeks if we want to but uh for those who have not been following the, the new season of clone wars on uh, disney plus episode nine just went up uh, uh the first part of the third arc of the season the final arc of the season and it is the greatest animated star wars thing ever made wow and it's part That's one of, it's part one of four it was originally pitched as a theatrical film Basically, Ahsoka, a Star Wars story. It bridges. It takes place during Episode Three. It tells you what happened to Ahsoka and Captain Rex and all these characters during Episode Three. And it has the most, some of the most impressive, like set piece stuff I have ever seen. Like it is top ten Star Wars moment material wow. in there. That's so a big deal. It's coming it's from you. That's if you want to wait, if you, I mean, and it's also like it's so good compared to the rest of the Clone Wars series. It's annoying. Like it's it's like you mean this could have been this the whole time and. <laughs> But it's it's really shockingly good. It's even it's set up like an actual movie. Clearly, you're supposed to watch all four together as a as a feature film. Um, to the point that it even starts with a classic green Lucasfilm limited production thing. It's Dave Filoni basically making his dream Star Wars movie, and it's paced and written exceptionally well. It's the best written Anakin Skywalker of all time. Wow! Like if I Anakin Skywalker had been in the prequels the way he is in this one episode, it would have worked. Yeah. Look, if some of you guys are getting bored out there, I highly recommend watching Sifted HQ because in every episode, we run through every piece of entertainment that's coming out in the next week. Not just games. We talk about albums. We talk about films. We talk about TV shows. I know a lot of you guys are starting to get at the bottom of the barrel for entertainment at this point. Uh, So if you need some help, make sure to watch Sifted HQ and we'll keep you updated on everything that's going on. All right, let's get to the show proper with our first topic. Uh, We're going to Start things off with some news that may be a little discouraging to some people. And I don't like to kick off the show with stuff like that generally. Uh, but when I was stacking this show, it just kind of made sense to kick it off with this. Uh, so Bloomberg, Bloomberg's been busy this week. We're actually, we actually have a couple stories, at least tangentially related to Bloomberg in this week's episode. But the first one we're going to discuss is that Bloomberg published a report on the PlayStation 5. And essentially what it said is that Sony is going to limit the production output of PlayStation 5 for its first year. Now, when I first read the headline, I was like, okay, that's probably something coronavirus related. There's a plant somewhere that's been decimated by the virus and they're not going to be able to get enough units done in time. Totally understandable. But as it turns out, that is not the reason why there are going to be fewer PS5 units than maybe we'd hoped. The issue is that all the partners that Sony is using to help build the PlayStation 5 um, have started giving quotes back to Sony about how much it's going to cost to assemble, how much all the parts are going to cost. And at this point, Sony's realized that it is probably regardless of where it sets the price of the PlayStation 5, it is going to lose money on each unit for 
the foreseeable future. Uh, and I think according to Sony's recommendation, it seems like at least the first year it's going to lose money. Now that's not crazy. That's not something that never really happens. That's pretty typical uh, when you're talking about building electronics. However, That's typical of everyone except Nintendo, really. Yeah, that is pretty that is pretty true. Um, and so the final verdict that Sony's kind of given us is that for the same time period for the PlayStation 4, they were able to produce around 7 million units. And they're saying for the PlayStation 5 for that same period of time, which we, the, in that period of time is the end of March 2021, they only think they're going to be able to have about 5 to 7 million units available for retail. Um, Matt, do you think that this is a smart strategy by PlayStation? I mean, I think it depends on what you're after. I mean, it, it, as we have seen multiple times in the past, a console selling out around launch and then not being restocked for a time makes it desirable. Um, certainly nobody stopped wanting a Wii just because they couldn't get one for a few months back in the day. Um, and to some degree, the same was true of the PlayStation 3, although that came back faster. Yeah. Um, so I think particularly in, in the economic situation we are likely to be in by the end of this year, uh, a scarce and hard-to-find desirable luxury item could actually work in their favor um, in terms of like balancing the books on that, I don't know the finances of how that works really. If that's what Sony thinks is the right move for them internally, like cool. Um, I don't know how you go through all the time of designing and planning this system and not know how much it's going to cost until they get strange, back to you. For sure. But yeah. uh, obviously, economic realities are changing by the day here, as anyone who has been paying attention to oil futures is aware. Um, <laughs> it's below, it's like negative. Yeah. Oil prices right now are like oil futures, negative. Huh? Negative $30 futures. a barrel. Yeah, oil futures, not oil yeah. prices. So yeah. it's storage ain't free. So uh, it, it, it exposes why the futures market is hilariously weird. It is weird. Um, but it is a pretty good indicator of where things are going. Yeah, but you're basically, well, you're basically buying things that you never intend to accept shipment of, but then whoops. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, things are unprecedented left and right here. So yeah, I can understand maybe if some, some factories decided, I know it's going to cost us more than we thought because we can't mass produce other stuff that we could, but you still want us to produce this stuff. But because of how the reality is right now, we're going to have to charge you more. Um, and so Sony cuts back their production. I mean, five to 7 million units of something that costs $500 or 550 is not really... A, a low number. I would suggest that as soon as they put that pre-order up, if you know you want that thing early, you know, if you don't want to wait for whenever your preferred Sony exclusive comes out, I think you should probably pre-order that day of. Day one. And, yeah, I don't yeah, think otherwise because they're saying if you five. Need to, but like, yeah. you're going to want to hang on to this thing. Also, uh, if you decide you I wouldn't don't want cancel it, I, it at all. If you decide you don't want it, I bet you will be able to sell it for more than you <laughs> exactly. want. Exactly. I mean, this is that's what's going to happen because so they're saying five million units. That doesn't mean there's going to be five million units on launch day. No, that that's means five million that between like November and March. In March, so on launch day, we're probably looking at a million units or less. That would be my guess. Um, because wide, yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine, worldwide. Like, yeah. Trying to you try imagine like you're basically talking about distributing five hundred to six hundred thousand PlayStation fives to all of America. Yeah, that's it's going to be lot. tight. It, it yeah, it's going to be really hard to find. So as Matt said. As soon as those pre-orders go on sale, and I would even say maybe if, I hate to say this, I hate to encourage this, but 
even if maybe you don't want one, you should buy one. Because as Matt said, the markup for Christmas for these things. Yeah, I mean, I, don't I feel know, terrible I don't know even suggesting say, this. I'm not, not going to encourage scalping. Like, that's not. Yeah, I'm not encouraging it. I'm just. But what I'm saying is, there. but, but I, I wouldn't say if you don't want one, don't order one. But if you have any suspicion that you might, um, and by the time they put pre-orders up, I assume we'll know the launch lineup more or less. Yeah. Or have an inkling of what's coming in the in the first six months. Um, if you have any idea in your head that, oh, I think I might actually want, like, do it. Just do it. Like, if you think you can afford it, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any room to, to sleep on this thing, uh, considering the numbers they've quoted. It's, uh, especially if you want one at launch, you're going to have to move fast. And it's going to be... Yeah, I don't. I still don't think by November or so you're going to be particularly comfortable being in line with a bunch of randos for 24 hours overnight outside of a Best That's Buy. That's another thing. Like, how, they're not going to really be able to do console launches the way that they usually no. do them. No, it'll be curbside pickup there. probably. Yeah, most likely. Um, which could work. Uh, yeah, but I, mean, I think. I mean, I haven't been at a console launch in a while because I usually, I've just ordered them and had them delivered because I don't like doing that. But. Yeah. Some people, that's like a big event for them. They like to be out there in line and talking to people. And I enjoy it. I absolutely do. Um, I haven't done it for a while either. Either the platform holder sent me a console for free or like you, I just ordered it really early so I knew I was going to get it so I didn't have to do the hangout thing. Uh, but I've enjoyed those in the past, getting a chance to talk to everybody and see everyone Sometimes in line. I just... I don't have a lot of patience for the cold weather at that point. And like, there's just sort of that thing of like, okay, I mean, I could do that or I could just order it at, from Amazon and get it like eight hours later. Yeah. And that's fine. Yep. <laughs> I, th I think the bottom line... It's a young is, man's game. It is for sure. I think the bottom line is that everyone just should expect for there to be far less units than you may have expected and act accordingly. Yeah. Um, depending on if you want it or not. And if you want it, I think you need to pre-order that on day one because there's going to be so few units that my guess is that everyone who pre-orders it probably isn't going to get it on day one. That they may it's be possible, yeah. in that next like week two shipment. Yeah, um, like we so, did with um, PlayStation. Because we wait, we camped out for the for the Wii. Yep. Uh, for the actually, we cheated because we went up to the table at yeah. City Walk. We're like, we're X play and we want Wii's. And they're like, all right, wait there. You know? Yeah. Um. But then uh, we I skipped the PlayStation Three. But then like a, like the second first week of second week of December, I think like Morgan found out that like the Best Buy down the street from the office had some, and so we just drove over. And I'm like, oh, fine. So I bought it. Uh, but I was, you know, I was my 60 gig fat, which I still have and still works and it has all yeah, the backwards compatibility. So that was, that ended up being a good choice. But yeah, it was like yep. two weeks later that you could get one for like a window of like four hours. Yep. Um, Matt, do you think that this is going there was, to... Was there, a, there was no, um, there was no supply constraint on the PS3, was there? It was just... Not that was, I recall... I don't remember one. It wasn't like, it didn't do gangbusters right out of the no. game. No. It uh, did sell out after bucks. like a few <laughs> days. It did, like, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, like, and I don't know if there's been a Sony short short sell like this before. I don't. I never have remembered something like this from PlayStation, where there weren't yeah. enough units for the the core to get what they what they wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt, do you think that this will have any impact on how it does in comparison to Xbox Series X? I mean, it, I mean, obviously, we don't know what Microsoft's going to do in terms of production numbers. Um, and we already had Phil 
Spencer kind of like hinting that maybe it won't be this year or like at least preparing yeah, people he's, for the idea. Yeah, he's started to grease the, the um, rails a little bit. And you sure. wonder if that's like due to a similar issue and like Microsoft's just going the delay route rather than make a few route. Um, yeah. You might just be seeing the two companies have different solutions to the same problem here. That's true. Um, but uh, I, I wonder because of this if uh, Microsoft might change their tune because if you can go ahead and make a lot more Xbox and... Um, if that Xbox is sitting there and there's no PlayStation five to buy, people are going to just like, well, I'll get the thing that I can get, you know, that you're going to get a few extra sales off of that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know until matter. you know what's going to happen with series X. Um, I'm still pretty confident that series X is going to come out on time. You're right. Phil did. He provided himself an out in the last interview that he did. He said, we'll see. Yeah. I think they're just tying the escape rope to the, to the window in case yeah. i don't think it means they're definitely going to do that but yeah i agree with that. you're going to see a lot of that like with major corporations you're probably going to see that with uh keep an eye on disney uh for their investor call at the end of june at the end of the quarter uh and watch them prepare their investors for the idea that the parks might not reopen till next year uh you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of like major corporations doing this thing where they sort of lay some quiet groundwork for a really scary thing might that might be happening for, for yeah. the shareholders not for us like it, it's for, yeah, yeah. so the shareholders don't panic and dump the stock basically yep hey mitch are you dialed in to pre-order playstation 5 are you are you pretty much just it's a done deal for you no i mean it's hard because we do this for a living so i kind of feel like i have to like, yeah if i wasn't doing this Maybe not. I mean, I waited a year after to get my PlayStation 4, um, and I think... I feel like that was probably the wiser choice. At the, I didn't. I barely touched my PlayStation 4 in the first year. A lot of people. Stupid to buy Especially that before the year turned over, because the launch games were, you know, mostly yeah. forgettable. So. Yeah, and I think the only other thing I would say is, you know, I think the big X factor, thinking about it, is... For Microsoft, it's because these games will run on their current hardware, how many people are wanting to upgrade? That's going to be the ultimate question. And I think that if it wasn't that way and it was the same way Sony was doing it, I would say Microsoft might have an advantage if it's coming out at the same time with more units available. But so your point that, is that um, because you can still play Xbox Series X games on Xbox One X, and I... I know you can. I would definitely would not recommend playing an Xbox Series X game on the base Xbox. It can barely run base Xbox games at this point. But you're right. I mean, that could disencourage. Is that a word? I think I just made up a word. Discourage. Or discourage. Yeah. Discourage people from jumping on board immediately because they're like, well, you know, I want to play Halo Infinite, but I have this Xbox one uh, X that I bought because those are like the prices on those are going through the roof now. You can get those for like 200 bucks. So, and they're pretty beefy. I mean, they're the most powerful console on the market right now. So I could see absolutely some people being like, I already got this for 200 bucks and it looks pretty dang good on this box. We'll also uh, get that is, to a reason in a minute why that also could possibly change your mind as well. Yeah. There's another yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, let's move on. That's our PlayStation 5 discussion. We're going to keep bringing it up as we get new tidbits. I think this was probably some of the more discouraging news we've got on it so far. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad we got it now. So you guys can all, you, have, you all got the heads up. You can go and pre-order it as soon as it goes up if you want one. And you should be good at least within the first couple of weeks of launch, I'm guessing. 
All right, next we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Tons of stuff getting delayed. Things are kind of fluid right now. We don't know if everything's going to be coming out, if it's not going to be coming out. Our movie's going to be canceled. Are they going to be moved? Our game is going to be delayed. We've already seen some of that. Yeah. But I think, just got delayed today. Yeah, but I think we're starting to see evidence right now that there is one game that is absolutely not going to be delayed. And I think for a lot of people, it's probably their most anticipated game of all of them, and that is Cyberpunk 2077. Um, the reason I say that it does not look as if it's going to be delayed in any way, shape, or form is because all the crossover marketing stuff that they signed deals for probably a year, a year and a half ago, are starting to get promoted right now. And if you have an inkling that the game is going to be delayed or pushed out, you don't start doing things like that. So we got the first little scrap of it was a couple weeks ago. Um, there's a graphics card that's coming out that Cyberpunk branded. This week, though, the dam really broke. And we got to see a lot of stuff that's coming for Cyberpunk. And probably the biggest story is that there is an Xbox One X branded Cyberpunk 2077 console that is coming. Um, it also has a matching controller that's coming with it. So this says a couple things to me. One, it, it, it makes me wonder if we're going to get a Cyberpunk-branded Xbox Series X. And two, it shows me that Microsoft has decided to chuck out the cash to have kind of a semi-exclusive marketing experience for this game on Xbox. A lot in the same way that we see these things happening for PS4 with the Call of Duty brand. Um, so chances are, because they've announced this Xbox One X, there's not going to be a Cyberpunk-branded PS4. Um, Matt, are you surprised that CD Projekt Red has hitched its wagon to Microsoft instead of Sony? No, because... I think the Xbox is running this thing way better um, and encouraging someone to pick up a series, uh, pick up an X to play it on makes sense because I think of if you're going to play it on a console, that's what you're going to want to be playing it on at least until the next gen systems come out. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of like specially branded consoles, but I am thinking about this one just as a giant CD project red fan. And um kind of been thinking about mm, like that that xbox one x is cool but it's kind of boring and black on the on the on the stand because and i like the controller a lot too how about this matt if you buy the cyberpunk xbox one x maybe i'll buy your old one off of you hmm, maybe because I, I still you might not be first in line xbox on that one. Oh, there's someone else who wants it there, there might be a couple other people in line yeah oh, okay all right we'll see yeah if they bail just depending like on when this even Happen? Like, did they? When is, it, when is it coming out? When with the game, or is it? Did they say when it's coming? Um, I believe it might be coming earlier, like the summer in June. Yeah. Okay, so so it's the old release date. Yeah, uh, it's coming no, out at the old date release. Was my birthday April sixteenth? Oh, that's yeah. Right. Speaking of which, Mitch had a birthday over the last couple of weeks that we didn't get to celebrate. He didn't get to celebrate. Uh, it sucks. His first birthday in Los Angeles, he had to stay in his apartment the whole time. But anyway. Happy birthday, Mitch. Everybody on chat wish Mitch a happy birthday. Um, he can't be with his family. He can't be home for his birthday. He can't do anything for his birthday. Uh, but we can do our best to make him feel good about it uh, virtually through through Twitch. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, so it looks like it's coming out well before the game actually comes out. So maybe we can crack a deal well before then, Kyle, if people bail on on their uh, mm-hmm. their offers. But I definitely need a better Xbox. Um, I will not if it doesn't work out with you. I will definitely not be the person wait, you know, buying a One X instead of a Series X, thinking that's good enough. So I'm kind of in a good position where I will buy the Series X if they don't send me one for free. I'll buy one. Because I definitely need to upgrade my Xbox platform at this point. Um, so, Matt, do you think having the game run as well as possible is more important than having the game featured on the console with the biggest installed base? Because that's kind of a, I don't know, that's kind of tough to, to measure, right? Well, I think uh, you might be running into the idea of the kind of the developer choosing the thing that they think is more is is more beneficial to them, but may not be more beneficial from a sales perspective in the real world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're going to sell more copies of this on uh, PlayStation Four, one way or the other. Like that's yeah. just 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 based on who, how many people have the PlayStation Four. Yep. Um, but I can understand sort of wanting to get in on the ground floor promoting it for this, especially if uh, you know they they might have some kind of deal in place to do to you know have the you know the next gen you know boost HD patch first on Xbox Series X or something like that. You know, like that, that might be a thing that happens going forward with the backwards compatibility being such a big push is Microsoft and Sony getting in kind of a competition over who gets the upgrade first for popular older games. Yep. And it's look, you pay for this stuff. Microsoft has paid CD Projekt Red for this uh, this right to feature that game on one of its pieces of hardware. And I'm sure Sony probably outbid Microsoft even, um, but this seems to be a strategic decision on CD Projekt Red's mm-hmm. part. And the other part of it too is that I think more than maybe any other developer, CD Projekt Red understands that it's not really all about that first month. I mean, if you look, yeah. The Witcher 3 just had its second best year ever for sales last year. So CD Projekt Red knows that its games have legs. It knows that its games... Especially if are- we get a Cyberpunk 2077 TV show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, and also, I mean, uh, uh, Witcher 3 did sell more than the most on PC in the long run. That's true, um, Which well. is probably a number that benefited from, you know, a long wait, you know, because it just kept selling steadily on PC versus the burst sales that tend to define console sales. Yep. So, um I, you know, so I think they know that their their bread is probably buttered on God Galaxy, um, but in terms of console stuff, I think hitching your wagon to Microsoft uh, makes a lot of sense when you're making something that that requires the horsepower this thing does. Yep. Um, so I think it's a smart move for both sides. In all honesty, obviously, it's smart for Microsoft. I don't know how much they paid for it, but probably whatever they spent was worth it. And I think it's killing two birds with one stone. You're going to get a higher profile on a console where maybe people don't associate your games with. You know people are going to buy it on PS4. That's just a given. Uh, So I think strategically, it was pretty smart um, on their part. Now, the other piece of the puzzle um, is that this week, SteelSeries also announced a series of headsets based on Cyberpunk 2077. Um, And those are, they're okay. You guys should be seeing images of them right now. Um, Yellow seems to be the color of Cyberpunk 2077. So if you don't like yellow, you're probably not going to like any of this stuff, in all honesty. Um, 
And the Steel Series headsets, they're not the crazy like Astro $400 pairs. It's I think they're reasonable at like 175 or something like that. Although I think some people would say that's completely unreasonable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I put that in a reasonable category. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But you are talking to somebody who's using the headset from a party favor. <laughs> yeah, that's it for the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So um so you think this changes the fortunes of the game at all? I really don't. I think it's no. going to sell like crazy. I think CD Projekt Red is the only developer on the same level as Rockstar, where as far as how the sales of its games work, where people buy a new system, that is one of the games that they're going to look at first to buy. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V is one of those right now. The Witcher 3 has been one of those for a while. A lot of my friends, in fact, just recently because of the quarantine, were like, hey, I'm finally going to get a console and they always ask me, like, what's the first game that I should buy or the first handful of games that I should buy? And The Witcher 3 is always one of the ones I recommend. So uh, I feel like those are the two developers who are in that that stratosphere. I would say Naughty Dog is kind of knocking on the door. Um, mm -hmm. I can't always wholeheartedly recommend their games to everybody, um, but they're getting there. So it's a very elite group. And uh, CD Projekt Red, it, it, you know, it can basically do what it wants. And I think it's going to be successful no matter what, because ultimately the proof is in the pudding and their games are great. Well, I think so. we find out one way or the other now with this game. Cause like, I think they've only had one game that really blew up, which yeah. is Witcher three. Um, and you know, the subsequent games they've made have not really caught fire the way, you know, Gwent hasn't and Thronebreaker definitely didn't. Uh, granted they were not big productions in comparison. So like, I think cyberpunk is where we find out is, is CD Projekt Red another rock star? Can they yes. drag you from this established franchise to this other thing that really has a pretty generic name when you think about it? Like the idea of something called cyberpunk is saying, okay, what's, what's that? <laughs> um, yeah. But like, you know, it, I think this turning out to be the simplicity of the name is turning out to be beneficial to it. Um, the question becomes like, can they carry that Witcher 3 explosion success over to this completely different property? Uh, I think they, they can. I mean, I think metrics bear that out. Um, but it's an interesting thing to see also because cyberpunk stuff is so not popular. Like cyberpunk yeah. stuff rarely catches fire. You're right. Yeah. At all. Like the last thing I can really think of is pretty much. Um, I can't think of anything, I, Matt. <laughs> like basically, Matrix, the Matrix. Yeah, is, yeah, that's right. The, the the touchstone for it, but that was 21 years ago. Yeah, that was a long uh, time ago. 21 years ago next month. The Matrix is old yeah. enough to drink soon. That's crazy. And um, I mean, otherwise you can, I mean, I guess Westworld sort of, but like cyberpunk isn't a big deal with most, with kind of the mainstream and cyberpunk is a hard sell uh, in most regards, but this might blow up in a way that no other cyberpunk property has since the matrix. Um, and if they can do that with like sword and sorcery fantasy, and then with like cyberpunk sci-fi, there might be no limit to They might be a, another rock star. They might be, there might be no limit to what they can like push on us basically. Hey, Mitch, do you have any interest in products that are branded for a game? Um, does it increase your interest in products or does it decrease? Because I'll be honest, for me personally, I never buy anything like that. Any any consoles, any controllers, any headsets that are branded to a game, if I can avoid it, I won't buy it. What's your What's your take on that, Mitch? Uh, I mean, it. if I didn't have it, so like say I didn't have, uh, a Xbox Series X and I wanted to upgrade if I liked what it looked like sure um, I don't 
think it looks really nice, to be honest. I don't. My yellow, yeah. Good. It's just not. It's not aesthetically pleasing to my eye. But I think uh, a lot of those machines, though, are like that. A lot of the game yeah. branded consoles just are gaudy. It like, seems like. Yeah, I'm not against the idea of the of the branded console, the special edition console stuff. I just like, especially this gen. I have I have not seen a single one I like the look of. There's only one that I liked, and that was a, I think it was a Kingdom Hearts or a Final Fantasy one because of the the design. It didn't say Final Fantasy on it, but the design looked really cool, but it was in Japan only, so I couldn't buy it. That's funny, because like when I pictured in my head things I don't like the design of, I was thinking specifically of the Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts PlayStation 4. <laughs> um, I think you're probably thinking, I think you're thinking of Final Fantasy, uh, there was a Final Fantasy 14 one that was only in Japan that looked kind of nice. Yes, I yeah. think it's that one. I will say this, Japan tends to get the better special edition consoles going mm-hmm. all the way back, like back even to like the GameCube, like they got so many awesome GameCube models and colors in Japan. Uh, and we got stuck. Yeah, they did with get this, a lot more. That's and we true. got stuck with like purple and black. Like, did we ever get the orange here? We did we get did. the orange. Yeah. Was, I think that was about it, though. But there was like literally like five or six extra colors and styles that Japan got. Like Tales of Symphonia, I think, got mm-hmm. its own console. And like we never got any of that stuff here. So um, we're kind of deprived. for you guys, though, in regards to this console stuff, because this console is coming out in June. The game doesn't come out until September, if I'm right. Yeah, is it August September 17th. September. And that's assuming so, it didn't slip more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think the reason why they're releasing this console earlier is because they don't want to have confusing messaging about buy a new console for the next gen, but you can buy the special edition of the last gen for Cyberpunk? I think you're on to something, but what I would say is that I think it's more likely that CD Projekt Red doesn't want people to get the impression that it's only available for Xbox. That would be my guess of why they're... I think think it's also like, I think these things were planned to be pretty much alongside the original release of the game. Yeah. And they're being manufactured, they're being made, they're coming to warehouses and you have to get them out. Like you can't have them sit around all summer. Yeah, as you said about oil, it costs money to store stuff. Yeah, and you can't, uh, because of the delay, I think you can't, they don't want to, probably don't want to launch a, a new console variant alongside this thing in September when you're going to have people trying to save up for a new console two months later. Um, and you're going to have enough trouble having people able to afford the new consoles, let alone buying a current gen console to go with one game. Like it's, it's a, it, I, I, if, if we weren't in the middle of the coronavirus thing and the economic ramifications of that, like it wouldn't be, it would just be like another special edition console. Like no one would, it would be like a blip and I'd be like, all right, it's another thing. I don't care. Whatever I do care. Whatever. You know, whatever. But like now, it's sort of like somewhere. It's not like a, a mortal wound or anything. But you got to think that Microsoft and CD Projekt are saying, "Oh, I wish we kind of wish we hadn't done that because there's no good place for this to fit in the market now." Really, I think it could work out for them though. I think if they if they had launched that console on launch day with the game, I think there would be some consumer confusion for yeah. casual people. I mean, I think they're do, they're making the best choice they can here. Yeah, but like it's just it it's just like a bunch of unfortunate events. For everything and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Just ties this whole last like two months up in a nutshell. But I really do like how the controller looks. At the very least, I might buy the controller. It looks like it's all beat up and kind of, yeah, it's very yeah. separate. I'm not a big fan of, I, I usually don't like bright yellow things either, but like for some reason, I just think it the, it works for this game. Like the, it like just it's sort of like, weird sort of construction yellow that they've got going on for some reason it's just sort of it, it plays well well to my eye i don't know it stands out it. too i mean yeah. how many games 
tie their boat to yellow. Not many. Yeah, like, not a lot of yellow out there. Like, yeah, so it stands out. And I think people, uh, and the, if you look at the font, the letters are all in gold. So I think it'll, I think they're doing a good job, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. We're under the circumstances, like all of us, we're just trying to do the best that we can. All I right. just hope when it comes out that the dystopia is worse than ours. <laughs> it may not be. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a point at which you're like, oh, like they're owned by corporations and everything's terrible, but they get to have bionic limbs. Like <laughs> it, could end, it could end up being a feel-good game. It's a feel-good escapist <laughs> game all of a sudden. Because... 2020 oh, this is where, where we're at all right let's move on to the next topic. to go outside like it's so cool <laughs> all right we're gonna talk next about i think i can safely say this game face's favorite game journalist in the entire industry jason schreier we talk about him all the time he breaks all the real stories he's one of the few quote unquote real journalists in the games industry and now he's gone <laughs> by press sneak fuck uh, uh, he's gone. He's moving over. He's moving to a, an interesting place. At least. He is. So Jason Schreier is leaving Kotaku. Actually, he left already. Uh, his last mm. day at Kotaku was last Friday. And he is taking a new position at Bloomberg. So remember when I said earlier, uh, Bloomberg was going to come up later in the show. This is it. Um, he is, he says that it's going to be, he's going to be mostly doing the same stuff that he was doing at Kotaku, just doing it for a bigger publication a mainstream publication, I would add. A real publication, some would say. Yep. And so a bunch of stuff happened around this as well. Basically, on the same day that he announced this, he also published a follow-up story about Rockstar. So if you remember, he published a scathing feature about Rockstar Games saying, you know, there was a, a frat boy culture there. Uh, there was a crunch culture there. I mean, he pretty much laid him to waste. And he published a story, a follow-up, saying that Rockstar has actually got its its crap together and that it has, it has changed a lot of parts of its culture and it started all these brand new programs to try to get... So he did a lot of good. I mean, think about that. He got probably the most prominent developer in the industry to change his corporate culture. So he's been doing God's work. Yeah, However... Prove some lives. He did, absolutely. And uh, however, he's going to be doing that work at Bloomberg. Um, and there's something else in that story about Rockstar that we're going to get to in a minute. So you guys are probably like, but wait a minute, there was something else big in there. We're going to get to it. We're going to talk about Jason first, just for a couple minutes. So Matt, do you believe that, look, Bloomberg, obviously, journalistically, step up, probably got a nice bump in pay going to Bloomberg as well. Uh, maybe he's now managing some folks. I don't know. He hasn't really got into that. But... For the health of the industry, do you think it's better for someone to like Jason Schreier to be at an enthusiast publication like Kotaku? Or do you think it's better for him to be at a mainstream publication like Bloomberg? I think it's better for him to be at a higher profile mainstream place. Like like get that get the stories, get the real reporting, get the news out there and 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 report on the on the industry in a way that like someone who reads Bloomberg material, Bloomberg's media might actually be interested in. You know, like a lot of his stuff that he actually did was not much of a fit for enthusiast press, um, which I think you see by the negative reaction he <laughs> would garner by telling the truth about some of these places because yeah. people don't want to hear it. Um, also, like you factor in sort of the 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 shit show that Kotaku and its parent company have become. Yeah. Um, you know, between him and Tim Rogers leaving, I don't see any reason to ever look at Kotaku again. Uh, they had some really talented people working there, Gita Jackson and a couple other people that I really liked reading their work when when they would go around. 
Um, but like, and not to disparage the people they've got there still, but like they, they had a horrible talent bleed after that dead spin thing. And it just doesn't bode well for the, for the future of, of that site. And like, frankly, like Kotaku, reading Kotaku had been entirely about who wrote the article and not what the article was for me. And so as those people have left and, you know, I'm going to follow Tim Rogers and whatever, whatever he does next, which I never thought I'd say because I hated <laughs> his writing back in the early 2000s, but he's come into his own and become his own brand almost. And all that stuff was great. And I will continue to follow him there and I will follow Jason to wherever he was going to go. Bloomberg it is. Um, I, I think, you know, just like with on, other online stuff and other gaming coverage, uh, it has become more about the personality and more about the person doing the work than where you get it from. Um, but if you're going to put him anywhere, I think he deserves and belongs at a higher profile mainstream publication because that's the kind of work he's doing. He deserves to go wherever he wants. He's doing great work. Um, so I'm very happy for him that he got this position and he seems to be happy about it. I guess my question is, it, it feels like to me when he goes to Bloomberg, and I know this is weird to say, but I think he's going to lose a lot of reach. However, he's going to reach new people. So it's hard for me to kind of in my mind, weigh those two things. So he's going to write very important stories that are going to reach probably a lot less people, but they're now going to reach a new group of people who probably never would have seen his work at all if it were on Kotaku. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to still get passed around through the usual distribution circuits. You know, even if I don't go to Bloomberg every day, I'm still going to see on Twitter people I follow pass around his stuff or follow him and see, you know, it's still going to be there. Like, I don't think it's going to improve circulation or readership of Bloomberg's other no, stuff. unfortunately. But, like, it's going to, you know, I'm still going to read what he does because it's too important not to. Um, and also, yeah, most reporters report what he reports. That's so true. It's going to get recirculated. Yeah, he is one of those people that, like, kind of his articles become primary sources for other, like, remora news, basically. Um, he is the shark and the rest of the enthusiast press is the remora, like feeding off the bits. Um, that happens a lot. That's true. Mitch, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. So you're new to this whole games journalism thing. You've literally been doing it for like two months. Um, what about working in games journalism has been diff What's the thing that's most different about working in the industry than what you thought before you did? Hmm. That's... That's tricky. Um, I guess in a sense, I, I, I don't see myself as... Rep uh, Jason Shire is on a whole nother level. I don't see myself... I see him as a reporter. I see myself as commentating and... and I don't see myself as a reporter, I guess. I see myself as commentating what is going on with information that I know and providing it to um, provide information. It's really hard. Um, cause yeah, I, but the question, that wasn't the question. Though. The question wasn't, um, are you like Jason Schreier or are you not like Jason Schreier? It was, what were your expectations before you started working in the industry versus the reality of it? I mean, it's been everything I thought it was. Um, you know, maybe like technical things on the side of like how to like set up mics and things like that to produce content has been new for me. But it's kind of what I imagined it to be. Oh, okay. You're the first person I think I've ever heard say that. <laughs> Most people are like, usually the first thing people say is it's a not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. There's a lot of like work and grind involved in it. It's not, it's not just 
playing video games and talking about them. That's usually what most people say. So. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would say, never have said that. But I would say because I, I made content before this, I kind of already had that experience of understanding, like, sometimes you're just like, I don't want to record right now, but you have to. Like, it's just kind of one yeah. of those things you learn. Yeah, I think, uh, also, I think Mitch doesn't maybe have the quite full picture yet because he hasn't been to enough events. He hasn't been to the... Yeah. The parties he hasn't met with the, met the people and seen what they're really like behind the behind the doors. Um, that's always an eye opener. Um, not necessarily in a, in a bad way, um, but sometimes you're just like, oh, this person that looked like a like a like a real suit is actually a lot of fun, or vice versa. Or um, you know, for me it was yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but uh, you know, starting out in it. But like I had spent 13 years in retail, and uh, there was never a time in my life I haven't been like, well, this is hard and annoying work, but at least I'm not standing behind a goddamn register. Yep. So, um, <laughs> Touche. Uh, so the other part that we were getting at earlier about Jason Schreier's story about Rockstar was something that I think may upset a good bit of people. And and he was actually pissed off that the follow-up story, which basically said, hey, Rockstar is doing a great job, like nobody cared about that. Because at the end of the article, he dropped like a couple sentences that people immediately latched onto, and to understandably so. He said that... Grand Theft Auto 6, one, is still really early in development, mm -hmm. and two, likely will be released as a smaller game that is like GTA Online that just continually expands for years and years after its initial release. Matt, what, did you, what were your first impressions when you, uh, when you saw that? Uh, I think I pretty much said, called it. <laughs> um, I mean, we've had that conflict for years where I keep saying like GTA six is barely being thought of right now. And, and yeah, like we're not seeing that game for years. Like it's going to be 2023, 2024 before we even can think about it. Uh, as far as like using the online model, um, makes a lot of sense. It's been very successful for them for two games in a row now between GTA five and Red Dead Redemption. Um, I don't know what that necessarily means. If they mean they're going to do a thing with like where Red Dead had the campaign launch first and the online came later and they've been expanding that as time goes on. Or if they're talking about like literally launching it almost like an episodic single player game that's what it uh, alongside like. yeah. the online component. Like that's, or if the online component would become a separate thing spun off from GTA 5 and you wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be bought alongside GTA 6. Like that's a, and GTA 6 is a whole separate beast. Um, it's hard to say, but like it would not at all surprise me to see Rockstar adopt that model, especially if they're shifting to a let's not crunch ourselves into oblivion philosophy because that breaks down these massive projects into more bite-sized chunks. Um, how do you think fans will react if they buy Grand Theft Auto 6 and it's a 15 to 20 hour game? I don't know. Like, um, I haven't seen a lot of people react poorly to the idea, to the fact that Final Fantasy VII isn't actually the whole game, and there's yeah, no indication on it. Pretty, yeah, but that's kind of apples and oranges. So no, it's not. It's an exact comparison because but, if there's no indication on the box that they're going to be like you know later expanded, then you're still sort of like being like, oh, you're going to be upset when you get to the end of this thing. It's not what you thought. Um, like you're just plucking a 15 hour game out of, out of nowhere. It could be a 30 hour GTA game, but GTA games can be 60 to 80. So like, you know, that's still a shorter GTA game. 
Right, but that's um, what I was getting at. Is that GTA games? There's an expectation for how much you get out of them when you pay for them. Yeah, I don't um, think they're that, usually that's true in the same way because uh, uh, most of the people I know who play those ga the GTA games over and over and forever, they ain't playing the missions. They're just running around blowing shit up. Yeah, you know, like well, that's eventually how what it points, settles into you know? over time. Um, but every, most of them also do play the campaign all the way to the end before they start mm, using it as a toy. It's, it's not that many people get to the end of those games. Uh, I mean, I would not argue with a couple of the previous GTA games being shorter in terms of... I wouldn't of either. Account. I mean, there's definitely some um, bloat in those games. I sure. do think GTA Five was not too short, but I, I think it wasted a lot of time where it could have been doing... I mean, obviously, I, I will always believe that they cut the heist mode of GTA Online out of the single-player game because I think the heist was supposed to be a bigger part of the middle of that story because mm -hmm. um, otherwise it just doesn't feel like the flow is different. The flow suddenly makes a jump in GTA 5 story that makes me feel like something was cut out of the middle of it. Uh, and I feel like they didn't develop a bunch of stuff well enough, but then you, you know, I'm like, you spent almost no time developing Franklin beyond the first act of this story, but then you spent like a whole, t whole section of this one mission while I'm doing yoga with these people. Like, it's just, it, <laughs> it feels like you could cut out a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on the filler these days, I guess, but like, you are, but part of you it could, is you could tell a leaner story thing and, though. Cause you know, sort of, but like, but like I don't know, like the filler. If you cut the filler, like weird side mini game crap out of out of out of like what you're forced to do in the missions of GTA, you probably would end up with about a normal sized game. You might, yeah. I'm like, but I, I think a lot of people like that stuff though about story, Rockstar, because sure. you never know what you're gonna get with. But a that's Rockstar the kind of game. stuff you can add over time, and yeah. it'll feel like an organic expansion of of what's in the world. Um, but look, like at the same by the same token, like has anyone missed the re remote control helicopter missions that used to like infest yeah. <laughs> the PS2 era ones? Like no, those are terrible. Like I still hope something horrible happened to the guy who who, who designed that helicopter <laughs> mission in Vice City. Like I don't know what the hell with that what was happened with that. The uh, one thing I would say stop me in my replay of that game one year. Now I I do think there could be some fallback or some brushback from fans if the game does launch really small. But I will say this, Rockstar has proven to me that it has a pretty good handle on post-launch support of games. I'm not a big GTA Online guy. I'm not a big Red Dead Online guy. I, For the most part, I mess around with that stuff for a week or two, and then I move on to something else. But there's no denying that the vast majority of players do love that stuff and do spend a ton of time in it. And Rockstar has done a great job with GTA Online just creating that breadcrumb trail so that everybody knows that if they just take that one, you know, I'm going to play this and maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but that's okay because next week there's going to be something else or there's going to be some special event. There's going to be a discount on that boat that I've been waiting two years to buy that I've never been able to afford. Rockstar has proven to be very, very astute at post-launch support. So that does give me some encouragement that they might be able to handle GTA 6 in that way. But, you know, also Rockstar has gone away from single-player DLC content, you know, with Grand mm. Theft Auto V. So, I don't know. Um, I do feel like there's an expectation for most people who buy Grand Theft Auto that, one, you're right, they're going to be able to just use it as a toy and play with it forever. But I do think that most people expect it to be one of the longer single-player campaigns in the industry. Um, and I can't, I'm not even going to pre pretend to know how the fans are going to react to that, but I do think there will be some sort of reaction at least. Maybe. I mean, I feel like they're, like we said about them, them and um, and uh, uh, CD Projekt Red, they're bulletproof and it won't matter. 
Also, I, I'm I'm looking up here like in the how long to beat sites GTA uh -huh. Five. They all say thirty hours. Oh, really? 31, 32 hours for the main story. It definitely took me longer than that, for sure. But it felt uh, like it. Is that mainlining, <laughs> like just the main quest? Just the main main missions. Oh, okay. That's probably why. Which is like, there's not a lot of side stuff in that game. Like, option, there, are, there aren't any optional quests. In, uh, quests. There aren't any optional <laughs> missions There may in be that quests game, in the really. new one. There's a That's lot of mini games. There's a lot of weird yeah. side things you can do that aren't part of the story. But you got to go through each, you know, lettered you know, letter initial thing to get through the whole thing. And so, yeah, that sounds about it. I mean, I played that game twice and it didn't take that long the second time. Yeah, my first time, it was easily over 40 for me. Easily. Um, um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it, it needs to be hugely crazy long. And also, like, if you get to the end of it and you thought it was too short, too bad they already got your money. So, yep. It doesn't matter do. at that point. And but then they're going to the give you more content. Out, so, the reviews come out, people know before they buy it. You know, yeah, not that many is. people know that stuff. I mean, the, the millions of people that make these this Rockstar Games hits don't ever read a review. They just see GTA and they buy it. Yep. Or they get told it's like, oh, this is a new game by the GTA guys. It's Cowboys this time. Like, sure. Yep. You know, it's, it's like it's like the the you know there was like speculation. You remember before Red Red Dead Two came out, and I was like, well, a lot of people haven't played Red Dead Redemption One, so that's going to hurt its sales because people don't want to just jump in with two. I was like, no, you're completely wrong. Rockstar is. Rockstar will sell you anything they want to, except maybe ping pong. Yep, even that did way better than it had any right. Way to. better than any <laughs> ping pong game you'd expect. Yeah, just the fact that like publications covered it was a step up on other table tennis games, just because it had Rockstar's name on it. Yeah. So I remember resenting that. I remember being yeah. annoyed I had to cover a ping pong game just because Rockstar made it. Well, what I was annoyed about was that they showed up to demo it, and they expected us to cover it like any other Rockstar yeah, game. Yeah, I remember that. They were like, well, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, uh, we'll put up a video preview. And they're like, and? And I'm like, no, that's it. <laughs> like, Table tennis, dude. They, no, they expected the same yeah. level of coverage uh, and the same type of coverage that we would give any of their other games. And I was like, look, I almost said the guy's yeah. name, but I was like, look, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, that. I remember that. They pushed it hard. They did win like, around. They were shocked we didn't have a camera crew like in the room for the demo. Yeah, they're no. like, where's your ENG crew that you're going to have to spend $1,000 for a day for? No, bro, this is a table tennis game. I don't care who made it. There's only so much interest mm -hmm. for it, but it did sell pretty well. So maybe Rockstar can just do whatever the hell it wants and we're just going to buy it anyway, which is probably the truth. Um, Mitch, are you a big uh, GTA fan? Uh, if I get to blow stuff up, yeah. But playing the campaign, I think I finished one campaign my entire life, and that was four. And it was okay. See? Yeah. And I, I will say also in chat, Ultimate Villain did give us 35% of people on Xbox One completed the final mission. And I have also wow. seen tons of... I'm impressed of, by that, actually. Uh, but, I've, but I mean, I would say I've also seen tons of articles that state that less than 50% of people finish campaign of games. So I would That is an old I, I stat that we got from Cliffy during the Gears of War days though. That's about a 15-year-old stat at this point. So I'll I don't give know you if it's gone up or down or what. Well the current stat is 25. So it's gone up over time. Wow. I still say it doesn't warrant enough to say that the single player campaign is the thing that is going to make people want to play this game. It's what yeah, mini we'll can the you play? What can you blow up? What cars do you get? What crazy physics stuff can you do? That's what people care about with Grand Theft Auto. It's the ultimate sandbox game. That's what yeah. It's you all sit about. around. People get sit around. They get stoned. They blow stuff up. They shoot people. They play. They knock people over in the street. Like that's 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 all it is. It's not how I play it, but or not anymore. But like I, you know, now I'm more of a campaign driven thing. I don't I don't play around in the world because I think Rockstar's worlds are fairly dead. 
Yeah, relatively speaking, now days. they are. Yeah. You know, it's not as amusing anymore to knock a pedestrian over in GTA 3 and watch the physics happen. Like that was a novelty in 2002, but it's not really how it is now. I think the novelty of GTA in general has pretty much worn off because it was a it was a trailblazer. It was a trailblazer and it was kind of the first game that was made for adults and it had humor in it that, you know, teenagers probably shouldn't be exposed to, but now it's just another open world. Mm-hmm. And now well, also, you know, I other feel, games I think, have all these RPG elements. GTA is kind of behind the curve now. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like the, the humor and stuff back in the day, with like yeah. three and the writing's City, great. And Andreas, but, yeah, but no, the writing I think used to be like really edgy and kind of like, oh wow, nobody's doing this. And I think in GTA Five, um, the writing in that felt old. It felt like, oh, you're okay. So you're you think that's still you think last? Yeah, you're not the trailblazer anymore. Like, you yeah. think you think the fact that there's like transgender people standing around outside something is like a joke like that's the funny part to you is like haha like dude looks like a lady kind of thing and it's just like no it's not 2003 anymore guys like you gotta you gotta evolve with the times you got you gotta come up with something that's funnier you know it was funny in the day like kind of take the piss out of like how america is but like yeah. you can only do that for so long, you run well, out of jokes. But it's like you can still do that, but you got to evolve the satire. You can't yeah. just be the same sort of like, ah, Americans sure eat a lot of hamburgers. You know, it's like there's yeah. a lot more to make fun of us for now. Yeah. And I feel <laughs> like I feel like Rockstar has not evolved in that way. They have not kept up with the times of why we're stupid. Yeah. So if if it's true that the next GTA isn't coming for a couple of years, do you think that Rockstar will re-release GTA 5 for Gen 9 consoles again? I mean, I think it'll just work. It'll be backwards compatible and they will continue to support it. Cuz like if they do that, they'll print money. So yeah, why not? I think not, they'll they'll you know? do something like that. It'll be I think it'll be available to buy digitally at the very least for the new consoles eventually. Um yeah, you know, the the way old, you know, PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 2 games are now. Um, yeah, I see no reason they wouldn't carry that forward. Even if they don't bring the GTA 5 campaign with it and it's just GTA Online, sure. Absolutely. I think Red Dead will get the same treatment. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Jason Schreier, best of luck at your new gig at Bloomberg, and congratulations on the amazing, absolutely amazing work that you have done at Kotaku. Um, if I can't think of another person who deserves that job <laughs> more than you do. Uh, so good luck. Good luck to Rockstar getting GTA 6. Um, in some kind of a working order over the next few years, I was—I personally was pretty discouraged to hear that it was early in development. I, it just boggles my mind that you got to listen to me on these things. It, it, <laughs> it wasn't even close. They, they barely been thinking about it. They had to get Red Dead done. Yeah, I mean, Rockstar I do, I doesn't do know move that, fast, even though they crunch all that. They don't move fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I am well aware that you know to finish projects, it's it's like Ubisoft, where it's all hands on deck across Rockstar to finish games. Um, but to me, pre-production and stuff like that should have been done for GTA a long time ago. Um, I don't know. I'm, I am surprised to hear that. You can't just count all that money like instantly. You gotta, it, takes a while. <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to our next topic. This next topic is kind of a catch-all because there were three small stories from this week that wouldn't really have stood up on their own, uh, but we've, we've kind of collected them all into this one topic called Dead or Alive. And this topic is basically just a rundown of some games that were just announced, some that were canceled, and some that may or may not be canceled. Uh, we're going to start off with Crisis Remastered. I want to talk about this because to people like you and I, Matt, Crisis is this like iconic game. Um, and I feel like a lot of our younger audience, and maybe even Mitch, 
doesn't really understand the significance of what Crisis was when it came out. Do you want to fill people in on what the big deal was? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't call it iconic in the sense that I think it was a pretty mediocre game, yeah. but it was it was a landmark in the sense that like it was it looked amazing, like nothing else. It was you know uh, you know Crytek stuff was was a head and shoulders above just about anybody else in the in the field. And that was the thing. Uh, it was a meme at the time. Was like um, when you get a new PC or you build a new PC, and someone was like, "Well, yes, but can it run Crisis?" Um, like that was the constant things. Like, how does Crisis look on it? Like, Crisis was the benchmark program for gaming PCs for years. Um, so that's Crisis. Kind of the they thing. also built that game. Like a lot of times when you build games, you think about. What is this going to run on? Will it be able to run on this? And it'll, yeah, they didn't care. No, with the crisis, they were just like, you know what? We're not going to like tie this game down at all. We're going to create the exact game we want with the textures that we want, with the physics that we want, with the effects that we want. And we're just going to let people see if they can run it. I mean, that's pretty much what crisis was. So it is still to this day a benchmark. It is still used by Digital Foundry as a benchmark tool for PC games. After yeah, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like Crisis will always be that. Doom will always be that. Um, yeah. You will always have these, also because it was, it was so universal in terms of its use as a benchmark that it's a handy yardstick yeah. um, or meter stick if you're in anywhere but, but America. Um, it's just like everyone knows how Doom runs. Everyone knows how Quake, 2, Quake 3 runs. Everyone knows how Crisis runs. So like it's sort of that thing is like you've got these, huge markers these buoys through the history of pc games that you can run you can do a benchmark with one of these games and instantly everybody knows the context because they're all very yeah. familiar with how that game is yeah because it's being been used for so long yeah. well after a really long layoff where it was kind of just floundering in this same status matt and i just talked about it's now been announced that they are remastering the game for all current gen platforms including pc um and including switch which I found interesting. Um, certainly, if you're going to get that game to run on Switch, you have decided to take a different tact with the remaster than you did with the original game. You're 100% mm -hmm. saying you are okay with scaling the visuals of the game down to make it fit on a particular platform, uh, which I, I found kind of interesting. Um, it just kind of goes against the sort of the cream. I mean, the Switch is powerful enough to run Crisis at this point. You know, it's not going to look amazing you can you can tweak the settings on that thing into oblivion if you want like obviously yeah. it's, it's still going to look better on the other systems which is funny to say about like a 15 year old game but um yeah i mean you, sure you can put that on the switch why not yep um do you have any interest in playing it again because you brought Hell up a really good no. point at the beginning the game <laughs> itself isn't all that great like no it just... I, don't, I don't care i i like crisis 2 Okay. Yep. It was way better. Um, yeah. But Crisis One was was Crisis One is a tech demo. It really is. Really. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So I guess we should say, don't get too excited uh, about Crisis being re-released. Uh, for those of you who maybe are younger mm -hmm. and you didn't know what the big deal was, then again, with this you know. release schedule, maybe maybe do get excited. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it might not be anything else to play. Yeah, we've been looking at May. Vincent uh, handles dossier for us, which counts down mm -hmm. all the games coming out in Man May. Oh my god. I got one thing in May right now. It's looking and real. And that's Xenoblade. And it's three days, two days before the month ends. So. And it is also like a remake of a pre-existing game. So yeah, but May, it's also, yeah, it's not great, but it's a remake of one of the best games of last gen. So I'll take it. Is, it. Yeah. May they is are, looking it, real rough. And they are adding new stuff. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, so next it's up. Something. Yeah. 
Um, actually, I want to talk to Mitch about Crisis. Mitch, are you were you familiar with Crisis and kind of its ethos? Um, my only experience with Crisis is seeing it at the store because I okay. didn't play PC games at all. But uh, you weren't aware that it became like this thing, is what I'm asking. No, I mean I I saw it had sequels. That's all yeah. I knew. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, uh, you guys may remember WWE 2K20 was a complete and utter train wreck. Uh, the game had bugs like more than like even by WWE game standards. Right. And those games traditionally have not been the had the cleanest code. But this year's entry was a complete disaster. Um, a complete think, debacle. Yeah, exactly. I think just recently they finally squashed all the bugs in that game. But just in time for 2K to announce that WWE 2K21 has already been canceled. By God, he's broken <laughs> in half. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and if, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe 2K20 they handed it to a new developer for the first time. Is that right? Yeah. They, I can't remember what the deal. I think it was was they went back to somebody else or something. Like they they went to another developer, and this seems, sounds like they just pulled it away and just like decided to go back to the drawing board with it or something. Which yeah. honestly is something they've needed to do for a long time. Like there's no reason these games should be as slapdash as they are. Like they I agree. put some time and care into these things. Really, really, you know, I've, I've said they need to take a year off and really make like a, you know, give them a decent dev cycle of two years and change and let them like make a good solid foundation and use it as a platform, not a yearly release. Like update it, you know, next year it updates. There's some update that comes up and it becomes, you know, WWE 2K22 or whatever. But like, let them build on previous work. Don't start over every time. Guess that's the problem that WWE games have had for years and years and years is they just never get to iterate. Well, I think the that they do need to start over from scratch this time. Well, I think yeah, but like what they build from scratch this time, put some plans in it, put some care into it, put some create a platform. You, know, that you can think build about the on future. top of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's first of all, wrestling games do not need to come out every year. They're not, it's not like traditional sports where the rosters turn over drastically every year and you have all these, look, it happens. Obviously their alliance or alliances are shattered and new alliances are formed. Like that happens in wrestling, but it's not like in like basketball or football where literally like 25% of your roster moves to some other team and you get a new 25% of players on your team. And you there's need nothing to make sure. you can't handle with incremental updates. Yeah. So build a solid platform that you can build upon for years and years to come. And if you want to create big seasonal DLC packs that you want to charge 25 bucks a year for sure, but make sure that the, the core of the game is good and good to be built upon for years and years to come first. So it's it's ironic because right now the only quote unquote sport that's actually happening is the WWE. And it is the first sports game that has been confirmed to be delayed out of the year and out of next year. So it's a little it's a little odd. But I think it's going to be for the better. For I, I think it's in the best interest of sports games to not delay this year because, quite frankly, I financially, think people for are going to, sure. Yeah, but I think people are going to need them. <laughs> right. No real yeah, sports. So that's the only way you're going to be able to like live out the NFL season. Maybe this year. Yeah. It, or maybe just delayed, and it starts like you know not until next year or some goofy crap. 
ESPN um, should just play the NFL season on Madden. I think they've been doing that on the MLB network. I think they've been yeah, using they MLB the show to, to simulate yeah. like the season or whatever. Um, and there's like the iRacing stuff that's been happening for NASCAR, which for better or worse, they had one of their drivers drop a, an N-bomb on their mm-hmm. live stream last week. Uh, you might want to take the mic away from some of those guys, just saying. Um, but they have been trying to do that, kind of rep- use esports as a replacement. Now, if you listen to sports talk radio, which I do during the day while I'm working a lot, they hate it. Oh, do they hate it? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, not only do they just hate it because it's video games instead of the real thing, but they're also getting a glimpse at becoming obsolete. <laughs> like a lot of these sports writers are in their 60s and they're old and they're old school. And they're kind of getting a glimpse at what the future could be. And they know that that future doesn't include them. And so a lot of them are really salty over what's happening with esports right now. I laugh. It's it's hilarious to watch these old dinosaurs like fight the comet, so to speak. But but yeah, they have been trying that. They have been trying to replace real sports with esports. I have not seen any ratings. I don't know exactly how that's going so far. Um, but yeah, they're talking about ratings. It's probably an indication of something. It's not going well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I've seen a lot of just esports competitions start springing up on ESPN that aren't even related yep. to sports. They're just like Call of Duty or Overwatch or whatever. Uh, they're finding they're putting games on television um, because there's nothing, nothing else. else. Yeah, you got to do marble racing. <laughs> Marble one. <laughs> Or to the future. Yeah. So I don't think any of us are going to shed any tears over WWE 2K21 being delayed a year. And I, I think we probably all agree that it's a good thing. It'll be better for wrestling games in the long run. It'll be better for the franchise in the long run if they do that. Um, last up in Dead or Alive is System Shock 3. So we thought this game was canceled a couple weeks ago. Basically, they had said that the studio that was working on it had been dissolved and the people who were still there didn't know what was going on, and they were on Twitter saying, yeah, that project's dead. It's not... Ha- well, not so fast. Uh, the rights holder to the IP uh, basically announced that like, it's not dead, that it does have a chance to come out still. Uh, they did not dispute the stories, saying that the studio had been dissolved, um, but they did say that some of the people who had been working on it, I think their exact quote was, we're still here. So it looks like they're trying to figure out something to keep the game alive matt at this point do you think it's worth it um i mean you've put enough effort and time and money into it that like releasing it and getting some return is probably better than nothing but do you think uh, there will be return though because you know these you know bethesda puts out these immersive mm-hmm. sim games all the time they're system usually- shock has a has a enough cachet that i think you'd sell a couple hundred thousand one way or the other yeah to um, older folks like us probably yeah. still have an affinity i mean i'd it. take a look at it yeah oh me too absolutely i'm not talking about myself i'm all over it um mm-hmm. but i'm just saying it's a financially viable product is well it- that's a question you'd have to ask about their budget from the beginning i mean you can't ever expect this to be a 10 million seller so yeah. i guess it depends what they thought they were going to get out of it what their budget um, is. As far unless as it's a complete it. disaster, I feel like you're not going to hurt sales by this having happened. Like, you're still going to get what you were going to get. So, yeah, as long if you can actually get it out the door, I think you haven't really damaged anything. Yeah, we aren't even really looking at the idea of why the team was dissolved and right. why the game is, why we only have two trailers for the game so far and why they haven't gone out on a press tour and why I they mean, haven't I, shown In terms of this genre, I've sort of like shifted my expectations over to Vampire. So, you know, if this comes out, great, but like I don't really expect, I, I know what they just said, but I still kind of like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the, 
the rights holder has an invested interest in making us believe that it is still happening. But we'll because see they can still they can be trying make. to shop it around to some other exactly. developer. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see if it actually does. Yeah, I can't say that I'll lose any sleep if it is permanently canceled. I didn't lose no. any when I thought it was permanently canceled two weeks ago. Um, but I would like, I, I do have a feeling that if this somehow doesn't work, that system shock may just be dead for good. Um, and that does bother me. So, well, system shock's been dead for good for a very long time. System shock yeah. two was over 20 some years ago. So, uh, you know, it was just, it doesn't really change much. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. It just it had raised my hopes, knowing that this project was being worked on. Yeah, uh, because I do love that IP and that that world that was created. Yeah, but coming back to those worlds years and years later rarely works out well. It's true. Yeah, it's like Deus Ex playing the first Deus Ex again. Like when I played it the first time, I thought it was like literally developed by God, and now you play it and you're like, wow, uh, things have certainly rough. changed. <laughs> it's crazy. I never liked the first Deus Ex very much. I did well when it came out. I thought uh, it was like mind-blowingly groundbreaking. It was clunky and had some issues, but it was doing stuff that no other game had really done before then. So, um, you know, as far as the innovation, yeah, there's, there's and just no the faster way. There's no faster way to get me to stop playing a shooting game than to do the thing where until you upgrade your skills, your guns randomly miss. Yeah, I'm just screw it's that. Like, no, I had the crosshairs right on his face, and I pulled. And the he, face like, no, but don't want the other. Oh, you don't have. You don't have pistol head. Like, He's like a cyborg super agent. How can I not shoot straight? Yeah. So, um, the there's a lot of RPGs that are like that, though. I had the same problem with Alpha Protocol. Yep. Yeah, there's been a there's been like I should not have to spend three hours upgrading my super duper secret agent master spy assassin to be able to hit the target ten feet away like three times out of four. Like it's yeah. not how it also I hated it, and I know there was a problem of uh of the time. It was it was more the the time and the tech they had to work with, but the thing in Deus Ex where if you screwed up like a shot or something, every single enemy on the map knew exactly where you were. Like and just like beeline to you. That was a really cool idea that I just couldn't deal with the mechanics of in the end. Yep. Uh, before we move on to the next topic, I do want to mention uh, Vincent just posted in the chat that there is in fact another WWE game coming in its stead. Um, there's not a lot of information about it. So there is some kind of project. concepts thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so it looks like there's some kind of a side thing that's going to happen in a uh, replacement for the big boy game that, uh, that was delayed. Just want to get that out there before we move on. Well, I hope uh, it's a visual novel dating sim. <laughs> I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of what wrestling is already. I mean, it is pretty much just a soap <laughs> opera. It's I mean, let's be honest. I think that's why more people watch it than for the wrestling mm -hmm. action. It's, it's the drama. Race. It's the drama, yeah. And the wrestling is just the wrestling is just making physical what's already implied. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about something next that I think Matt will be excited to talk about. Uh, we were talking about how long it's been since we've been able to play a new Grand Theft Auto. Well, there's another franchise that is that is bumping up against GTA for that record, and that is the Batman Arkham franchise. It has now been over five years since Arkham Knight came out, which just mm -hmm. blows my mind. Um, it was one of the first games we ever covered on Sifted. It was the first or second game eval we ever did for Sifted. So that shows you how long it's been since the last Arkham game. Uh, new details have started to emerge this week. Um, and a lot of it backs up stuff that you and I have talked about or kind of hypothesized about before. Uh, some of it is a little bit new. Um, the big news is, as suspected, 
uh, WB Montreal is developing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been teasing, a, it, it has actually teased a couple different things along the way. Um, it teased like a, um, a Damian Wayne game at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember that tease though. Do you, Matt? Uh, I think it was more assumed uh, than that. What I mean, is that? What is Damian Wayne? I don't even know. Damian is, uh, Damian Wayne is Batman's son with Talia al Ghul. Biological okay. son. He's Biological son. One. Like, yeah, he's the only actual son. Uh, like, you know, everyone else is adopted basically in the Bat family. Um, <laughs> but he, but he is her, her actual physical biological offspring. And uh, when he shows up as like kind of a tween, he becomes um, one of the new Ro- one of the new Robins, and uh, he's he's he was he was hated early on, but then the fandom kind of adopted him, uh, liked him because he he just he was a complete brat and like a he, I mean he's Bruce Wayne's son. He is a he is a he's a spoiled brat. He's an arrogant rich kid. But he wasn't a rich kid. He was trained as an assassin. Oh, uh, so he's 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 not like a he's not like a spoiled rich kid. He is he thinks they should kill the the criminals he oh, thinks okay. they should they're that batman's too soft on gotcha things. gotcha okay. um so a damien an adult damien wayne taking taking over as batman would be sort of more of a judge dread thing in some continuities but it, okay. yeah, he learns that the other robins kind of you know tim drake and and uh dick grayson sort of take him under their wing they all become sort of like brothers it's actually a really cool character dynamic and like they use it a couple times in the comics like the three the three boys are sort of like with bruce wayne and, and bruce is like shown to be kind of the out of touch weirdo. There's a great scene in a, in a, like a fast food restaurant where like he gets them all burgers and they're all talking and messing with each other. And then he sits down and starts eating the burger with a fork and knife. And Damien's like, what the, and, and, and <laughs> Oh, you've never seen him do that before. All right, here we go. And it's like, <laughs> so that's really cool. I mean, I assume like a, like a, an Arkham spinoff or an Arkham sequel that they were thinking about would have basically been like, because Arkham Knight sort of does imply that Bruce Wayne's done. Yeah. So the idea of sort of like Talia uh, using this hidden offspring of Bruce Wayne to sort of become the new Batman would be an interesting premise in the Arkham universe just because it would be a different take and you'd have to sort of go through the motions of like um, learning to be Batman as opposed to like a deadly assassin ninja guy. Yeah. Um, so that was probably like the angle on that. But I also feel like what we're hearing about now is going to be much more along the lines of what we'd expect Batman to be. And I'll tell story, you this though, Matt. The after you describing more... that to me, I don't know what we're actually getting. I don't know if it's better or if sounds. The Court more of exciting. Owls is better. The Court of is Owls is better. The Court of Owls is one of the best Batman stories ever told. Okay, all right. So ad- adapting that is a great, great move, and it's what I expect them to, to do. That's what I expect them to do next. Can you uh, explain so the Court of Owls? I know that they're like basically um, a crime syndicate, but can, can you explain basi- the story arc? I mean, it's basically the Illuminati. Um, the Court of Owls is like a is a, uh, a I don't want to spoil much of it in case they do actually make this game, but like basically it's a crime syndicate that's that's controlled Gotham for basically its entire existence. But in and, the shadows, right? Yeah, they're 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 in the shadows of the shadows. Like they're the organized crime behind the organized crime behind the corruption, okay. and like that's that's sort of this ba- the basic premise is that Batman discovers that like the rabbit hole goes even deeper than he thought it did. And sort of the secret society behind why Gotham is the way it is, uh, is exposed. And it's, so it's like a Gotham origin story kind of sort of. Yeah. And and it gets into like his parents and what they were involved in and like, sort of like the, why Gotham was founded the way it was like it, 
it delves into sort of what Gotham is and whether Batman had, has misinterpreted what Gotham is and what he is and what he's doing for a very long time. So it's, it's, it's cool. And this really is it cool considered story. cool by most Batman fans. Like yes. when they find out about yes. this, they're going to be like, F yeah, that's great. Yes. It is. It is one of the seminal modern Batman stories. Okay. Um, and that appears to be what this game is based on. Um, they're saying that it is going to be a soft reboot mm-hmm. of the franchise. What does that even mean? <laughs> I think it means they're going to use all the same aesthetics, but they're going to kind of ignore Arkham Knight. <laughs> I think that's basically what's going to happen. So basically what you're saying is it's an open world game. With the same combat mechanics. That's what I, I would guess. It's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be an Arkham game, but we're going to pretend that we didn't close the series off at the end of Arkham Knight. Um, How will yeah. Arkham Knight flow into the Court of Owls narratively, or does it? It, it doesn't really. Um, I mean, it could if Batman was still around. I mean, I don't know how you do that. Like, um, the idea that the events of Arkham Knight would have happened and the Court of Owls wouldn't have somehow been involved is a little odd. Okay. Um, oh, unless unless they decide, I mean, unless they decide to build on the idea that like the Court of Owls on the surface has Gotham rebuilds from the events of Arkham Knight and sort of show their they show their hand a little too hard trying to guide things back the way they want them. Like that could be an angle. Uh-huh. Um, and also play the Telltale games to see because the Court of Owls is brought into the Telltale Batman games. Um, so like that might be a, a, an angle if you wanted to play the play the second season of that and sort of see where they take it. Um, it. What would you think if they picked up the story from the end of Telltale's game to start this? Uh, that I don't think I'd be down with because the aesthetic is so different and it is. the yeah. approach to the world is so different. Um, I th- I think one of the, I think there's two things. I think you're gonna you're gonna see them sort of like soft backpedal on Arkham Knight's events. And I think you're going to um, you're going to see them move it more in line with being a continuation of the animated series, like Asylum and City were. Okay, those would be the things. Uh, you also may see them. I mean, the Joker's probably not going to be dead anymore. Like that would be the big thing. I would think. Yeah. I don't think anybody's got the balls to make a Batman game without the Joker in it. So. Yep. That's a hard sell for sure. Um, perhaps the biggest but news. But if Mark Hamill doesn't want to come back, you should make the game without the Joker. Right? Yeah, because he is the Joker at this point. Um, the other thing, maybe the biggest part of all this entire leak that came out, is that the game they the leak says the game is coming this year. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean there's, I, obviously, I, there's I, been plenty I, of time. <laughs> I mean, I think. Uh, it hasn't been that much time because they did make the Shadow of Mordor games. Yeah. Um, but like, like I believe that it was originally planned for this year because of the events of this year that are not related to game development. Who knows if it'll yeah. still make it? Um, but yes, I, as far as I am aware, uh, that is accurate. That's and good we, news. We were going to see it at E3, but cross gen yeah. is it going to be a PS5 uh, game as know. well? I mean, again, I think most stuff will be backwards compatible, and that'll be close enough. Okay. Um, but who knows about something that might come out like within weeks. But, you know, again, if you're working on a new game, you're probably aware of the new systems and you're probably working with Microsoft and Sony to like make sure that works. So who knows? Yep. Um, I don't know how that works yet, but I do know that I would well, will not be surprised to see it this fall. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Time, and now let's finally, uh, was, now we just got to wait for Rocksteady to reveal the Suicide Squad game. Because yeah. it's coming. They, that's what they're doing. They, Montreal and them traded projects. I'm, I'm telling you, that's what happened. 
okay. Montreal was doing that Suicide Squad game and Roxette was doing something else and they killed whatever Roxette was doing and they moved Suicide Squad to Rocksteady and Montreal made the Batman game. I think that's I right. mean, Rocksteady's definitely due to release something. It is it has been five years for Rocksteady. So what the hell? <laughs> it's just it's gotta be ready to show something. Yeah. I mean how definitely. crazy is that that at the end Rocksteady will have put one game out this generation and and the Batman VR game. Yep. That's it. If you want to call that a full game. I, I mean, a lot of the better studios are turning into this, man. It's like... Yeah, I don't yep. see any reason for this one, though. It's like, I mean, I know like, like it was a lot, and they were bored with it, and I understand that, but it's like, you know what? If you just want to crank Batman games out like that in that format, that template over and over again, I'll play them all. Yeah, I think most people will. They're great games. So. I'll sit there and complain about how it's the same Batman <laughs> five times, but I'm still going to play it. You know, yep. it's like, <laughs> I've played every single one, except for Arkham Knight. I've only played Knight. I played Knight again last year, I think. I've yeah. played every Arkham game at least three times, except for Arkham Knight. Wow. Like, like I play I think I played Arkham City to 100% like completion except like I haven't done all the challenges you know the the 5000 challenge mission things but in terms of like 100% completion on the campaign I've done that on four different platforms on Arkham City. That's why you're the perfect person to talk I, to about I this. I love thing. these I love those <laughs> games and I wish they came out more often. I'm I'm about ready to replay Arkham Origins at this point. And yeah. I don't even like that one very much. <laughs> I just want more Batman. Well, it's like the Batman's version of Gears of War Judgment. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's but, like that side thing. But in hindsight, I do like it more than Knight. Okay. Because at least they don't make me fight the final boss in a tank. There you go. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to what I'm going to call the events section of Game Phase 208. Our next two topics are related to gaming events. Uh, first, we're going to talk about we're not going to talk about E3. We're going to talk about the replacement for E3, or in this case, the lack thereof. So I'm sure by now you guys have heard, if you watch Game Face, you should very well know that E3 is canceled, one, but two, that the ESA is not really having an official uh, digital version of E3. It's just kind of letting the publishers um, figure out their plans on their own. The ESA said it would help if it needed, if they needed help, they're not going to need help. And that was proven this week um, because a lot of leaks are starting to come out um, about May. So earlier I said that there are no games coming out in May, but instead we could be getting like a mini E3 over the next... information instead. That's okay. What'd you say? I'll take information instead of games. That's, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's the information that has been teased. So some of the big stuff is plan on having hardware events from both Microsoft and Sony in the mm -hmm. month of May. Uh, the rumor on the street about the Xbox event in May is that it is going to show off Lockhart for the first time. And those of you who aren't familiar with Lockhart, it was the counterpart to Anaconda, I think was the other one. Yeah. Anaconda is Xbox Series X. That's the big boy, the beast, the beastly version of Xbox Series X. Lockhart is the weaker version of the console that is presumably going to be cheaper um, and may not come with as many bells and whistles. And then if you believe IGN's April Fool's joke, there's a uh, Series XXL that's also coming out. Did you hmm. see that? Yeah, I, that's probably not, probably not a thing, but that's okay. What's well, a joke? It was their April yeah. Fool's joke, and they, they decided to wait, obviously, because of everything that's going on now. 
Um, yeah, I, I, they're put in a tough position there. I think they probably did the best they could um, with trying to get that out there. But anyway, um, so the Lockhart is the the cheaper, lower powered version of Xbox Series X, which my guess is it'll be called Xbox Series S. We've talked about that before as well. Yeah, uh, S but, and X just seems to kind of be their their tier branding at this point. Yeah, and so this information comes from Windows Central. Uh, to me. I cannot think of a more reliable source for Xbox information than Windows Central. Uh, it literally breaks. It has a mold at Microsoft. Absolutely. It breaks pretty much all the big news for Xbox. Um, and it is standing by this story. And I would give it a 95% um, legitimate score just based upon my prior experiences dealing with that outlet. So it's saying Lockhart event coming Microsoft employees are already taking Lockhart home and testing them, um, which also means that it's already in production. So it sure does appear, one, that we're going to get a big Xbox event next month, um, but also that there are, in fact, going to be two versions of Xbox Series whatever available at launch, not just like on down the road. It appears that both of those consoles will be there for day one. Matt, is that smart to release... Powerful console, weaker console on day one. I don't know. Like, I've never really delved into that very much because I've never bought the, the weaker console. We've, we've had the, this one has a bigger hard drive. This one has a smaller hard drive. Mm -hmm. But we've never had two versions fundamentally different from a hardware perspective like this. Like online. the performance is different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I... That people talk about how it might be confusing or whatever, but I think if people can figure out which version of Samsung Galaxy they want to buy, then you can figure this out. Um, I think the main difference is going to be price. Like, will people be willing to jump in on a lower price for a something that's basically a more powerful version of the Xbox One X? Um, you know, I guess probably like a halfway point between the X and the Series X. Yeah. I guess is what we're talking about here. My guess too is it's probably like three hundred bucks. They'll yeah, drop the one X yeah. down to like two fifty. It's already two fifty or two hundred on some yeah. deals right now. I figure this is replacing the X going forward. Yep. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the market wisdom is on that. Like, I don't know. Like to me, it's not interesting because I would never get the weaker one. Yeah. Um, and if I were waiting, you know, to afford something, I would probably want to just save up another couple hundred bucks later and get the more powerful one as opposed to get a weaker one now because that feels like sort of a sort of a wrong way investment in a way you know what i mean like i would say this like if you're gonna go it's I, i'm kind of a go big or go home when it comes to spending a lot of money on a luxury yeah. item so it's like um i would it, back in the day when i would have would have saved up for a console i would have saved up for the better one i think i will say this it makes more sense now than it did last year when we first started hearing it about makes it. more sense now than it did three weeks ago exactly I mean, that was my point like, yeah. like with so many people unemployed losing their jobs to offer um something that's not 500 bucks or 400 bucks whatever it's going to be um that would allow somebody to get a couple free games for the same price of buying the higher powered version um mm -hmm. i think that could be a viable option now um, depending on how quickly we recover from all this. And, you know, there's so many X factors. Yeah, my, my question is, like, because the prices are probably going to be so close to each other, like, what do you do with the Xbox One X? And how do you differentiate them? And how do you say, 
what what about the the, the Lockhart is going to be the thing you say? Look how shiny and new this is compared to this other thing that used to be this much, and now yeah. we've got this new thing. So I'm like, Mike, you know, is like, is there more to this thing than just like the game is slightly prettier? Um, it makes me wonder what this thing is going to do or have in it beyond hardware. You know, in terms of like, what is this user experience or what is what are they what do they have? And the OS the OS is basically going to be the same. I think they said. Uh, it makes me wonder how they're going to differentiate this be- between this and the older product. It's going to take a lot of marketing, a lot of messaging. And even then, I mean, mm-hmm. probably what, what's going to happen is Microsoft will stop manufacturing Xbox One X here in the next like few months. Probably once it gets mm-hmm. all the cyberpunk things done. And then it just won't make anymore. And it'll just allow those to slowly get sold off shelves. And then it'll just disappear. And then they're just going to replace it with... Mm-hmm. Anaconda. Just, or, sorry, I mean, it seems likely that that's just how it's going to be from now on. There will be two Xbox models on yeah, the shelves. It does seem that way. I mean, there's actually three right now because you yeah, have that one true. diskless version too that's right. floating out there. <laughs> it's called the Xbox Sad or whatever they decided, all digital Sad. version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really and I, you know what? They might Sad. make another one. They might make another one of those too. Yeah, I mean, this might be that. We don't know. It could be. It absolutely could be. Um, so. Interesting stuff. Uh, Windows and Central, that, by also, the way, would give them a good reason to keep the X on shelves. Yep, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, another thing that Windows Central brought up is that it believes a couple big games could be really blown out in May. Um, Halo Infinite being primarily the big one, which makes sense because E3 probably would have been Halo Infinite's big coming out party, where we finally got to see gameplay of the game, where we finally got to see gameplay of the multiplayer modes, things like that, or just any gameplay at all. All we've seen so far is trailers. Um, so it makes sense. The other game that Windows Central brought up is the Fable reboot from Playground mm-hmm. Games. Um, so it's not confirmed yet, but I've heard from a couple of different sources uh, on my own that Playground Games is working on Fable. I think, Matt, you've heard some things on your end as well. Mm-hmm. For a long time, like and there, there are there are official announcements out there that Playground Games is working on something other than Forza, so it all adds yeah. up to and the, they're, they're it's working they're working on an action RPG, right? Like much yeah, not just anything, that. not just something besides Forza, yeah. an action and if, RPG. Yeah. And what else would you be doing? Like what I mean, other yeah, IP? Make yeah. a new game, sure, but like, why wouldn't you just bring back this old IP that like has cachet and people haven't played for forever? And you haven't, you know, like, and also holds tons of promise. Like no one's made the perfect Fable game yet. Still, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a the concept of Fable is really solid, and you could make a really like top level game out of it. Um, and they came close a couple times, but like it was just always felt a little just always just a finger touch away. Yeah. <laughs> it just never quite got there. I always enjoyed them. I yeah. love still like even it. the first one, even though it was hugely underwhelming compared to what was promised i still liked it so yeah, i still like all three of them I, yeah. I replayed them a couple of years a few years ago and when they all went backwards compatible on the on the xbox one and i enjoyed all three of them they're all fairly different games but yeah. i enjoyed all of it um and i wish fable fable three like i think came the closest to my fable two is probably the best of the three i'd agree yeah that's what i, I think it came the closest sort of realizing what it could be um and, and like the third just, one yeah, and third one was just like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> I still finished all three of them. By the way, yeah. I should add, like, and they're not short games either. Typically, they're pretty long. 
Um, and then the, the other news that was, is not related to Xbox is it looks like there's a PlayStation 5 event coming in May as well. And Sony mm-hmm. has a lot more left to show off than uh, than Microsoft does. So we it's see some event. games. We got to see a price. We got to see a release date. We got to console Sony's, form Sony's got a lot more to reveal. The, yeah. yeah, the actual box. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, so they have a lot to show off still, and I'm sure they had planned some kind of big events around early June for E3. So, you know, all those bets are off now. You can pretty much do crap whenever you want. So yeah. it would, again, I believe that these rumors are probably true and may should be a gigantic month for new hardware announcements, hopefully new game announcements. I mean, let's we should not forget that sometimes E3 was in May. It's true. Yeah. That was a long time ago, though. Early two thousands, it used to used to vary between like mid May to mid June. Yeah, it's been a long time though since that's happened. But anyway, um, so it looks like you know there aren't a bunch of big games coming out next month. But it looks like the we'll have plenty to talk about here on Game Face. I guess is what I'm getting at. It looks like there's going to be a lot of big news hitting. It would be great if the industry just was like, you know what, f it, we're just going to blow out May. Uh, as if it were our E3. Yeah. You know, well, especially because everybody's still home. So Everyone's home. All that stuff's done. Like All those assets were completed, or at least most of them were for E3 at this point. All the trailers have been cut. Uh, you've got them back from the trailer houses. Like Just go for it. Um, we could all use things to be excited about right now. So <laughs> it would be really nice if all this comes true and we do have kind of this little mini unorganized, publisher-driven E3 in May um, it would be help. It would help us too on Game Face, just to be perfectly honest. With not a lot of games coming out, uh, so the next topic we're going to jump to about events, unfortunately, is not as encouraging. Now we're going to discuss a couple events that were canceled for good. One of them we were kind of holding out hope for, but realistically, we knew it probably no. wasn't going to happen. But Gamescom 2020 has now been officially canceled. Uh, the crazy part about it is that the organizers of Gamescom weren't really the ones to cancel it. It was Germany's government that canceled Mm. it. It basically said, you can't have this. We're not opening stuff up um, in the month that you plan on having Gamescom. So without the ability uh, for the government to play along, Gamescom was just left without a choice, and it is 100% canceled. Now, contrary to what the ESA is doing with E3, where it's just like, hands off, we're not doing anything, um, Gamescom is doing something. It is going to have a very organized, very official digital event around the same time that Gamescom would normally happen, and that's in August. Um, so Gamescom is not happening. Matt, what do you think are the the long-term ramifications of that? Do you believe that, like, Gamescom's not going to go away or anything because it loses a year of revenue, right? No, I don't see why it would. I mean... Again, you're looking at things aren't happening this year. We should be looking at will Gamescom 2021 happen? Not because Gamescom doesn't exist anymore, but because we might it still might not be okay to to do that. Um, depends when the vaccine shows up. Um, I think everyone is depending on your business, and you know, a mm-hmm. lot of businesses are hand to mouth. You know, they make the money for that month to pay the bills for that month, and then they can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything repeat. about the what who backs Gamescom. Me either. Like, yeah. Businesses on that. Um, but it seems to me that if you, you know, you, you can't, your entire year can't revolve around the revenue you get from the one show. I mean, if you're, you're running a bunch of different shows, yeah, that could be effective. I mean, again, everyone's kind of in the same boat there. 
like, you know, some of these shows may go away forever. Some of them might sell the name to somebody else organized by a different group. Like that's happened. That's a, a good point. Over the years, like, you know, you don't know. I mean, obviously it won't happen with E3 because the ESA is the ESA. Um, Matt, what was the big but, show in Europe before Gamescom became a thing? I cannot remember the name of it. Was there one? Yeah, there was. I can't remember it. It wasn't as big as Gamescom. It was about the size of like GDC or something like that. Um, I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I remember. It was some like weird acronym of like... Yeah, Europe. I can't remember what it was though. They it was, had it for it years a, and years. It was an awkward name. It was one of those things like European developer game thing. I, I, I can't remember now. Yeah, I vaguely remember what you but we never went to it. Nope, because it wasn't worth it. It was always an Af- and also ran. Like, it would have the same builds from other shows. There was just no reason to go. Um, Gamescom obviously has changed all that. It is must-attend if you're a big publication at this mm-hmm. point. Um, my guess is that because was it, Gamescom was it the was Leipzig? Working, the no, Leipzig Games Convention? I think that's what Gamescom was called before it was called Gamescom. Like this whole other convention, I don't think it turned into Gamescom. That is what it was. That is what it was. It was the second biggest gaming event in the world um, until 2008, and Gamescom kind of superseded it. I don't even think this show was in Germany. I think it was in uh, the UK, actually. That I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so Gamescom is, is canceled, the actual in-person event. But my guess is that because they probably already signed the deal with Jeff Keighley um, and they're going to have to pay him one way or another, they're probably going to lean on him to produce the big digital thing that they're doing, which is good. That means that, you know, everything's going to be buttoned up. Um, it's probably going to have some really high profile, fun stuff in it. Uh, at least for me personally, hear, hearing that Keeley is involved in it would make me much more likely to watch it. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I, I'm also, I was also looking at other um, old game conventions. conventions. <laughs> the only other thing I can see is the European Computer Trade Show, ECTS. ECTS, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Yep, was that in the UK? Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, it was in London. That's it. Yep, that's the one. That was kind of the precursor to Leipzig for me. And then Leipzig turned into Gamescom. Leipzig got big, yeah, because ECTS stopped. And now, now, okay, now that I say EC, ECTS, yes, my mouth has said that many times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it used to be a um, thing. Yeah. God, that ran forever. That's yep. in 88, ran to 2004. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like a big thing. Like if you couldn't make it to E3, but you wanted yeah. to go to Europe, like you go to ECTS. Uh, Earl's now, no one even knows Exhibition about. Center. Oh, I remember Earl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah. God, how did I not remember any of that? Uh, so anyway, uh, Gamescom, Gamescom canceled. Keeley's thing happening. San Diego Comic Con canceled. Mm-hmm. Nothing happening. So yeah. that was the big revelation this week. We had gotten rumblings that Gamescom probably wasn't going to happen. Um, we you know, look, look, we with, knew with Comic Con. <laughs> with Comic Con, obvious. Also, just just look at your last year's photos and pretend you're there because it's the same fucking show every time. <laughs> Um, like I know that most you're, you're, people are mostly because like they won't be able, be able to see their convention friends. Like that's the main thing. Is like everybody yeah. gets to the same place at the same. That's why I'm upset about E3. Is I don't get to see yeah. all these people for another year. Not but being like, able to see the celebrities. I, a lot of people go to Comic Con to see celebs. Like you walk around that show, you hear a lot of people yeah. saying, "Who'd you see? Who'd you well, see?" Well, early on, I think that's one of the main reasons some of this stuff started to get canceled because the celebrities canceled on them. Like it's like you're like, no, I'm not going to that. Are you kidding? Yeah. 
I mean, the other thing too is that San Diego Comic Con is in July. Like, I can't believe they waited till this week to cancel it. <laughs> like, yeah. as soon as this happened, they should have been like, well, that's it for us. Well, a lot of these organizers were hoping that, like, you know, it would look like things were getting back to normal by the summer, and that's just not happening. So, yeah. you know, if you're not going to go to a concert for the rest of the year, you're probably not going to see a sports sporting event. Like, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to want to do that. I guess the thing is, even if you're talking about opening some of these, you know, was it Georgia's opening like the theaters and stuff again, like by the end of this week or something? Oh, Lord. And it's like, okay, first off, dumb. Second, um, how many people are, even if you do that, how many people gonna are going to be willing to go? Like, yeah. You're, you're I, lo- I, <laughs> I desperately open. miss seeing movies in theaters. Going to the movie theater is the closest I get to going to church. But like, you think I'm going to sit in a movie theater with a bunch of randos before Hell I can get a vaccine? No. Get even, out of your fucking even mind. With masks. Hell no. no I'm not going not. in there. And that's not. the irony of this whole thing is these idiots forcing people to open stuff. If we don't go, those businesses are actually going to lose money because now it's be they're, even worse. Yeah. they're paying somebody to work when they don't need to pay someone to work. The whole thing is just so dumb. It could end up literally creating like a national emergency yeah. unlike anything we've ever seen. It's almost like in, in the situation where the government requires the citizenry to do something that's going to save their lives or, to, or to do for the public good, the government should be funding everyone financially to be able to do that. Yep. Nope. Revolutionary, I know. Look out. <laughs> we can come up with $4 trillion yeah. any given moment to like bomb a bunch of brown people out of existence, but we can't do it to save our own citizens from not, not dying at FUDRuckers. Yep. So oh, man. I wish I had some kind of a bell or an alarm I could just send off after you finish that point because it deserves <laughs> something like that. Uh, so anyway, Comic-Con's canceled. Now, I would say this. Comic-Con is in no danger. Um, unlike some of these other no, events. Comic-Con will be back. Yeah. yeah. Like Gamescom, who knows? Like, we don't know what kind of financial backing Gamescom has. Now, I would say this about Gamescom is if they have not made enough money off of that show over the last five years and banked enough of it, to survive missing a year, then that's on them. So um, I would think that they were smart enough to do that, and they probably will do that. I'm confident that Gamescom will probably come back. Comic-Con for sure is coming back. Not only does it have San Diego Comic-Con, which has been going on for years and years and years, there's also Comic-Cons all over the country now. So um, I don't... Actually, maybe does that expose them to more risk now that I think about it? Gamescom is organized by the Association of the German Association of the German Video Game Industry. So it sounds like it's an official enough thing that it's not like a commercial venture so much as sort of a maybe like the ESA sort of thing, like a lobby group. I don't know how big that is in Germany, but I don't know. You got to wonder I mean, how big I mean, the coffers are for that organization. Green blood thing. They've been fighting that green blood rule for how long? Yeah, so. That's a good point. Um, but Comic Con will be coming back. Um, I don't think there's any danger of at least San Diego Comic-Con coming back. Do you think maybe some of the smaller satellite shows might be sacrificed for this, though, in, over the long term? Maybe. I mean, I don't know how many of the... I mean, I can't... There's tons and tons of things like that that have, you know, a bunch of a couple of Transformers conventions I know of got, got canceled, but they'll probably be back. Because, like, that's the thing is most people that organize these conventions the smaller ones do it out of love for the subject matter and not as, like, a, a money-making scheme. You know, like, you know, Evo is going to be fine... Um, Evo is nonprofit to begin with. Um, uh, Pax will be fine. Pax West is still happening, according to them. I don't. As think of right now, it is. Uh, yeah, we'll see about. If you roll that. around to closer to Labor Day weekend, you're going to see that get canceled. Um, but like, 
like it's going to hurt people financially, but I think the, most of the organizers of these these smaller conventions are more hobby type things or supplementary type things. I think when you're talking about something that like is the major source of revenue for the organizer, you're limited to something like E3. Yeah. You start wondering about if conventions like WonderCon, some of these smaller ones. Yeah, like WonderCon they- is, I believe, the same people that do Comic-Con. Like a lot of those are organized by the exact same organization yeah but um, you just wonder if they're in a pinch financially if some of if that's some of the lower maybe, hanging here's the thing i'm hoping that like like i'm hoping that if this goes on long enough with these these convention things like that they might you might see the, the organizers finally buckle on some of this online stuff yeah you know because for a long time it's one of the things about san diego comic-con is it's like stream the fucking pan like yeah blizzard yeah, exactly. But like, well, the reason they're not like Blizzard is because they're organized by the same group of old guys who've been running it since the seventies. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we were the, the official broadcast partner or whatever for for Comic Con, like we continually it's like let us broadcast the big panel. Let's show let us show Hall H like as it happens. Or no like, one will show. Like, no one will pay. No, to no, no one will ever show up. It's like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> if people Short-sighted, show up, if sure. you if people show up already to go through all the bullshit you have to go through to even be at Comic Con, let alone get in the Hall H, I promise you that just being able to watch it on TV is that's not the point for those people. The point is to be in the same room as their spiritual kings. Exactly. It's like it's you know it's not it's not it's not a matter of convenience for the for someone who stayed out overnight. Uh, on the street to get into a hall to sit through four, 14 hours of presentations they don't care about so they could see uh, the, the Game of Thrones cast on a stage. Like, that's yeah. not going to deter anyone. But it would might make make me give you 40 bucks to watch it on my computer. And that's what I was saying. It's like, if, you, if it's a money concern, just charge a boatload of money for it. People don't have to pay for it. I think you'd be surprised at how many people would pay 40 or 50 bucks for a pay-per-view from Comic-Con. Yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, Comic Con has to happen still. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we're talking but about like, future shows, obviously. Yeah. But hey, hey, Mitch, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you could only go to one convention, would you choose Comic Con or Gamescom? Uh, Gamescom. You would I get to play the games compared to. Comic-Con? Well, keep in mind, Comic Con has a game section in it, and yeah, but you know, if for me, it's. I'm not as. I mean, I like my TV shows. If they had, like yeah, a you Buffy like you re- really love film and a, TV. They had a Buffy reunion. <laughs> I would definitely go to Comic Con, but no, I rather go to Gamescom because uh, I just like games more than I do like movies and TV shows. But you know, I mean, what if you or- had already gone to E3 that year, and then you were presented with Comic Con in July or Gamescom in August? What would be your pick then? Uh, if it was this year, I would still say Gamescom because of the new consoles. Um, okay. But if it was another year, I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, if E3 was back to what it was and I enjoyed it so much, I probably would try to mix it up with Comic-Con. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, well, hopefully someday you'll get to go to both, Mitch. <laughs> I, hope I would so. also say com- Gamescom. So. Yeah. Granted, I've been to Comic-Con like 10 times, but like Comic-Con is always pretty much the same unless you're willing to yeah. wait around for those panels. Gamescom, A, you get to see stuff, you get to play more stuff. A lot of the stuff they have there is not just the same demo that was just at E3, and uh, you're in Europe. Be exactly. Which is That's better. the big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Europe. Not even just Germany, which is great, 
but just being in Europe, be having the opportunity to hop on a train and go a couple other places mm-hmm. before you leave there. Yeah, to me, it's Gamescom in a landslide. But yeah, I just know that Mitch, gonna hop on a train, go to Paris, get some ice cream, and come back. Yeah, I just know that Mitch loves movies probably as much as you do, and also really loves TV. So I just wondered if maybe that might trump it for no, him. For I mean, Comic-Con. I it doesn't doesn't help me enjoy Comic Con anymore. I mean, I. I avoid Comic-Con whenever I can at this point is because it's so overpacked and overcrowded and, and just it's the same thing over and over again, unless you want to sit through lines to get into overcrowded panels that, Oh God, I hate Comic-Con. <laughs> I, I, do, really I do, really do. I really don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. I, I've I mean, been there Gamescom like six times. Gamescom's a lot, very crowded, a lot of people, but it's just, it's very well organized. It's organized and it's got different content every year. It's not the same booths over and over again with the same, things to buy over and over again it's different the games change every year obviously there's news that happens that like you can access yeah. on the floor later and again again you're in europe like it, it's like it, if you get bored at gamescom you can go see some of the greatest cities in the world just yep. train right away so yep. uh not to, not to disparage downtown san diego but <laughs> but also very small and also very much been there done that yeah yeah People don't realize San Diego's not a big city. It's no, really, it's also really like, small. It's one of those mid-sized U.S. cities. It's just like, well, you, you've been into a mid-sized U.S. city. You've kind of seen them. Oh, it's like, oh, this, one's the, on, this one is on the Pacific Ocean. Which yeah, is I mean, it's beautiful. At time, but it's also <laughs> like, oh, where's the target here? I don't yeah, know. Like, exactly. Meanwhile, it's like you Draylocks, walk across the street Thank you Gamescom. for Twitch Prime. Draylocks just down, dropped. You know, take a quick train ride from Gamescom. It's like, oh, look, that building is older than history. That's great. Yeah. It is. I, I love Europe. I, I'll go there every chance I can get. Okay, it's time to move on to our last topic of episode 208. We're going to talk about the March MPDs. Now, we don't usually talk about MPDs on Game Face uh, that often because usually there's a lot of other more important, more exciting stuff to talk about. Um, and that's pretty much true this, this week as well. However, this NPD is not like any other NPD. And I would, I'm not even stretching here to say in the history of the video game industry. Because March, this March, was the best March for video games ever. Hmm. The most money that's ever been spent on video games in March for any year ever. Um, Almost like we had a reason to play a lot more stuff this past month. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The industry, it's, it's bittersweet because the industry is doing amazing while the rest of the world goes to crap it's really a bizarre thing uh the nintendo switch in march the pretty good time to uh own a video conference yes it sure is do the 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 people who own zoom are very very happy they it was the perfect timing for their product um the nintendo switch doubled its sales year over year from one march to the next the i have a sister right now who's trying to buy a switch for her kids and can't find one anywhere they are sold out now there were reports this week that people are using checkout bots to mass order the switch and then resell them on ebay i would not put that past anyone <laughs> i would not be surprised at all if that were 100 percent true uh, so there could be some some subterfuge going on beneath the surface that's escalating this issue. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people who want them right now because you can't find them, and it's not helping that there may be people who are buying 
you know, a dozen at a time and then selling them and trying to flip them on eBay. My sister, in fact, is at the point where she's about to pay double for one on eBay because she's trapped with her kids in their house. And she's on found, that launch one I had. Yeah. And she has found something that she believes will give her a reprieve from teaching her kids like arithmetic and all this other stuff. So the switch has been doing amazing ever since this all started. It had like it's it doubled the sales from March of 2019 this past month. Um, hardware sales for PS4 and Xbox One are up 25% year over year. Um, the industry in general overall is up 35% year over year for March. Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold more than any other Nintendo game ever in a week. The only games that beat it are Smash Ultimate and Smash Brawl. It, 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 is, a, it is a gigantic month for Nintendo and for the gaming industry in general. And I would probably argue for GameStop, which is basically just holding on by its fingernails right now. Um, the, the irony of all this for GameStop is it may save its business. It may save it from bankruptcy. Um, it's the biggest bump the industry has had since 2008. Matt, what else? Ha what happened back in 2008? A massive economic crash. Yes. And what is happening right now? Uh, <laughs> a massive economic crash. Yes. So it just goes to show you. It's the people's just chosen form of entertainment is bulletproof during a depression. Exactly. Just, just like, like it were was. The exactly. Just the like depression. the Nickelodeon in the 30s. The, they never lost literally a nickel. They, their sales skyrocketed during the Great Depression. We're seeing the same thing happening with video games. Um, I remember back in 2008 when I was working at Game Trailers. First of all, just happy to wake up every day and have a job. I didn't care what the job was. I was just thankful that I had a job at all because all my friends on the East Coast, pretty much everybody I knew was unemployed. So just to have a position to get up and go to every day instead of sitting at home bummed out, uh, I was just, I can't even explain how appreciative I was for it. But our industry was thriving. Like there was no talk about me having to lay people off at game trailers in 2008 or 2007. Uh, it, it wasn't, there, the advertising was just rolling in. Um, and that's how you survive as a commercial site is with ad sales. And we had no shortage of ad sales at all. And it looks like the same thing is going to happen. So if you're an ad-supported site, future's looking good. Um, if you're a site like us that relies on basically contributions and donations, it's a lot more dangerous because your disposable income, you're going to look at it like, well, I'll spend that on entertainment. Am I going to spend it on somebody talking about the entertainment? It's a much tougher sell. So it's good to see, regardless of what's going on with Sifted and any other small sites or other small businesses, it's just good to see for the industry. I'm willing to look past what's going on with me personally to see that, you know, let's be honest, the end of this generation has not been going good. Like the, the dovetail uh, from one generation to the next, this time has been far more pronounced than it usually is going from one generation to the next to the next mm -hmm. one. Um, the, the bottom's basically fallen out of the industry here over the last 18 months. The industry needed this, uh, particularly when we still have another, you know, more than half a year to get through before we get to these new platforms and people are energized again to spend money. So um, 
it couldn't have come at a better time, unfortunately, at the expense of all this other awful stuff that's going on right now. Uh, but the industry is going to be fine. <laughs> it really is. Uh, there were some surprises, though. So, so keep in mind, like a lot of my friends from Philly who decided to finally buy a console, you have a lot of casual people buying consoles right now. They're people who have waited like five years to buy a PS4 or an Xbox One. Um, and so they're really casual folks, and that is reflected in the sales chart. So we have, Matt, you don't have this, but Mitch and I do. We have the top 11 games, and I'm sorry, I forgot to send this to you. We have the top 11 games from March. Now, one thing I will say before we get into this is that Final Fantasy VII, the remake, has sold, and this, you know, obviously this isn't for March, this is for more recent, has sold like three and a half million, sold three and a half million copies, or shipped three and a half million in the first three days. So... Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy VII is also doing very, very well in addition to the games that we're going to discuss. So, Matt, I'll give you one guess since you don't have it. What the best-selling game was in March? Uh, I would guess that would be Animal Crossing. Yes, it absolutely was. As I said earlier, it was like the best-selling Nintendo game ever, except for a couple of exceptions. What do you think would be number two? GTA V. No. <laughs> But you're you're thinking the right way. What would be your second guess? Red Dead. No. It's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm. Which makes sense because they just launched Warzone and there's all there they just started a whole other cycle of marketing for Warzone. Now I realize Warzone is free to play and you don't have to buy Modern Warfare, but still the, those ads are running all over television getting people interested in it. Um, the third game, I don't think you'll guess, so I'm just going to share it. It's MLB The Show 20. Um, which that's high for that. That's game. pretty good for a baseball game, but no you know baseball. why? Cause there's no baseball. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how all this awfulness is parlaying into so many good things for the games industry. It's, it's bittersweet. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like you don't want to do it like this. You know, you want it to just be legitimate and people being energized by the industry to buy this stuff. But that's not what's going on right now. So, number four, Matt, what's your guess? Um, Think about big games that came out. I mean, the only other remaining thing would be Doom. Nope. There's another one. In March? You didn't play it. Yeah. Oh, Resident Evil? Yep. Resident Evil 3 only comes in at fourth. It got beat by MLP The Show 20. I thought that came out this month. No. It probably only had, the reason it was beaten is because it probably only had a couple days of sales versus these other games that had like weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, number five, NBA 2K20. That game is just like a, a rock star game. It just sells and sells and sells. But again, no the NBA Resident season. Evil 3 came out on April 3rd. How was that in, in March? I don't know. It's there. It's number four. Mm. Weird, huh? Um, Pre-orders or what? Maybe. I don't know, but keep in mind that these numbers are based on dollars generated and not on unit sales. So mm -hmm. that is one caveat with the MPD's data. Um, number five was the NBA 2K20. Again, uh, the NBA and NHL seasons just went away right before the playoffs were about to start. Of course, NHL didn't bump up in the top 20, but NBA 2K20 did. Uh, and then next at six is Doom Eternal. Um, how do you feel about that? Again, not a lot of time. I mean, at least it's in the top 10. 
Yeah, but you I mean, can always say that about the, about the Bethesda stuff these days. Yeah, but I do think that Bethesda does count on that being one franchise that no matter what, it's probably going to get them in the top five at least, you especially think. in March. <laughs> Although you wonder, like the the other games above it might have had really inflated sales compared That's to what you would expect normally, except yeah. maybe Resident Evil. Yep. Uh, number seven, Persona Five Royal. So the re-release of Persona Five. Um, I'm kind of surprised that that's there. My guess is people caught wind that it's like a hundred hour game. And with a lot of people being laid off or losing their jobs, maybe they're just looking for extreme value in games right now. I mean, also it's great. So that doesn't hurt either, but I am surprised that I really thought that that game would just not even appear in the top 20, to be honest with you. I'm really surprised to see it there. And then number eight, it was your guess from earlier, Grand Theft Auto five. It will never leave the top 10. Uh, number nine, Borderlands 3. That game has dropped down to $15 on a couple sales over the last week or so. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm surprised to see that there because, again, this is based on dollars spent on each game, not, not exactly how many units were sold. Um, at number 10, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, another game that's perennially in the top 10, another game that people buy when they buy a console. Not surprised to see that there at all. Is there any game that you can think of, Matt, that's missing? Where you're like, where is that game? Not really. Neo 2. Neo 2. Come, I would come, not have expected that to be in the top 10. It comes in at 11. So it didn't make the top 10. I was surprised, honestly. Like, I figured Neo 2 would outsell Persona 5 Royal, at least. Um, mm. Not the case, though. The, uh, the, the, I mean, Dark Souls, which is the biggest thing in that sub genre is, you know, they sell three to five million and then Neo is not on the sales level of that really. Um, I, you know, even my friends who are into, into the Soulsborne stuff, like a couple of them didn't even know what Neo was. Yeah. Um, and also like Neo, who needs, who needs that kind of aggravation right now? <laughs> I was so. just going to say, if you look at all these games, they're all like comfort food gaming or great values. It's one or the other. Animal Crossing is kind of both. I mean, you can get mm -hmm. literally hundreds of hours. Plus, it's like this comforting vacation on a tropical island thing. Um, Call of Duty, people buy that every year. It's comfort food. MLB is them trying to replace something that they've lost in the real world. NBA 2K, same deal. Um, it's very interesting to kind of see the games that have bubbled up. And it'll be interesting to keep watching this as the time goes on. Um, as you know, obviously April is going to be a whole lot like March. I also wonder if a lot of uh, game publishers are now really regretting not scheduling something for May. <laughs> mm. You think there might be any chance that a game gets bumped up into May because of that, because it's just this black hole that somebody. No, I don't think in. so. The, the distribution distribution through retail channels is just not something you can like renegotiate that fast right now. Yep. Mitch, what surprises you the most about uh, the top 11 from March? Um, probably NBA 2K20. I, yeah. I thought a bunch of games would probably get above that. I'm not surprised it made the top 10. I'm just surprised about how high it made the list. MLB The Show usually makes the top five every single year, so I'm not surprised by that. Does it? I wasn't aware of that. I, did a, I used to do a, a show covering the mpds and it was number two for two months in a row it's usually last that year way. it was last year correct interesting i was not aware of that i always thought it ended up like the first month it finished anywhere from like sixth to tenth 
And then the second month, it was just completely gone off the MPD report. No, it hangs there <laughs> I guess for the not. first two months, and then it'll go away, and then it'll make it into the top 10 best-selling games of the year, and then it'll fade away at the end as well. It makes it, like, to seventh. Yeah, it starts getting those uh, Game of the Year versions where they sell it cheaper eventually and stuff like that, too, which probably uh, doesn't help with the MPD report because it's all based on dollars, but it does help move a lot of units when it's all said and done. Uh, when they send out those press releases that say, we've shipped X number of copies of the game, blah, blah, blah. They don't tell you how much they're charging for those copies at, towards the end of the of the run. But uh, how do you feel about this, Matt? Again, it's like bittersweet. It, 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 it's hard to dance around and do a victory lap over this and be happy for the industry when so many other people and so many other industries are in misery. Yeah. I mean, it's not a shock because like, you know, it's the, it's the form of entertainment you can get immediately and get in your home. And like you say, is a value because, because people aren't buying, um, you know, individual discs of movies or TV shows or anything. Cause everybody just got a lot of subscriptions to streaming services and called it a day. Um, so it makes sense that it's a boon for that. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, you know, if things just get worse and worse economically, like you're going to, you know, you're going to run out of, uh, disposable income, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, cause I, you know, 60 bucks for a game now is still a pretty, a bigger expenditure than a nickel was for a movie at the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know if this is like an evergreen boon for the industry going forward, but uh, it at least was a, a nice little bonus, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe help some some people stay in business a little longer if they can figure out the work from home thing for the development teams. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Is it? You know, the gaming industry employs people too, so it's good that you know there's an industry that's doing well that's going to keep people employed. Um, hopefully, the other other industries start to turn it around as well as uh, time goes on here and. Uh, Things start to improve. I hope that's mm -hmm. coming soon because I'm going crazy. <laughs> I really am. There are five weeks or so. I know. I'm so yeah. ready for this to be over, man. It's people are so weird. Like you go at the store. Like I, every time I go to a store, I see at least one person freak out. At least one, where they yell at somebody or do something weird or crazy. It's. I just feel like people are getting at the end of their rope in a lot of ways. So, but we got a ways to go here still, unfortunately. So. Uh, Mitch, anything else that uh, caught your eye from the MPD stuff? You, are you surprised that the Switch is doing so well? No. I mean, Animal Crossing was already going to blow up, but this whole situation just helped it blow up more. So yep. I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that there's at least one, one industry that's flourishing um, in America throughout all this god-awful stuff that we're going through. Um, but... We need a lot more than that. We need a lot more industries coming back because Matt, what I was going to say to your point earlier is that I think there's going to be a, eventually there's going to be like a cross section where people's disposable income versus their want to be entertained is no longer going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we may start to see the drop in sales. Uh, you know, May is going to be awful because there's nothing coming out. Uh, so hopefully April's another. I think a lot of these other games are just going to continue to sell yeah probably so i mean animal crossing is going to probably keep selling one-to-one -one with yep. the switch and the switch the stuff is going to still sell if they're botting if they're botting the sales of that like even if even if the resale market dries up they've still bought them out of the retail chain so that's that's going to reflect yep my uh, sister by the way the, the big reason she wanted the switch instead of something else one is her kids requested it but two uh it's physical 
And, you know, they're trying to find ways to make sure their kids are getting exercise and stuff like that. And she's like, does it have Just Dance 2020? Hmm. <laughs> like, of course it does. Everything does. But that's the kind of stuff she's looking for, for her kids. So it's it's interesting to kind of look at yeah. it. And, well, that's the other thing that's hard to find is uh, Ring Fit. Yep. Ring yep. Ring also sold out. Ring now they're crossing that over with like Tetris 99 or something, which makes no sense. But somehow it probably will. Yeah. Um, crazy. But anyway, um, that's it for our topics. This is your chance to get your questions in for a Q&A session. We have a little extra time uh, compared to normal on Game Face, so we can answer a few more. I felt bad after last, last week's show. I saw a bunch of people had asked questions that they really wanted to have answered, and uh, because the show had run so far over, like last week's show was like three hours and 20 minutes or something absurd. Um, I couldn't get to as many questions as we wanted to. So I want to open it up more this week to you guys. So we make sure we can get to all of them as much as possible. Thanks to everybody who has been subscribing via Twitch Prime. As I said, Draylotch did it earlier. Um, somebody dropped a bunch of... Oh, Slagathor, thank you. He just gave tier one subs to like tons of people. Thank you. That's freaking awesome. Uh, let's see if we can find some more Twitch Prime. Well, I got the cutoff chat there, so I can only go back so far, unfortunately. Johnny Hurricane, thank you, brother. I hope you're doing okay, man. I hope you're hanging in there. I haven't seen you for a while. I haven't seen your name in the uh, chat for a while. Uh, Damboy90, thank you for Twitch Prime. Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, it looks like we got some emotes or something going on here from the hype train. Oh, we're just at level one right now. Um, all right, let's get to some questions here. Um, ETH Demon, this is more for Matt. What's your take on HBO Max launching May 27th? I don't even know what that means. I thought, what it's is their, HBO Max? That's their streaming service. Um, well, how's it different from Go and... You don't need to subscribe to HBO to have it. And you also get Warner Brother products. So Looney yeah. Tunes, Elmo, okay. tons of stuff is going to be on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. It's not, <laughs> I'm not going to subscribe to it. So I'll, I don't know. I got plenty of streaming stuff to look at right now. And I'm interested got... in it because I am really at the point where I'm finally going to uh, get rid of direct TV. Cause there's nothing on it anymore. Like right. I used to, I used it for sports and now there aren't any. So I'm going to dish direct TV. I am absolutely looking at like, how do I still get HBO? But I thought HBO already had like a streaming service. There's Go that connects to you having um, a DirecTV or cable subscription. But then there's another one. It's called HBO. Um, it's not Go. It's HBO. It's been around forever. Like when you go on your PS4, there's Go. And then there's the other one right next to it. And the other one's the standalone streaming option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you have two options when you do HBO. You have, if you already subscribe to the service through a third party you can then use that specific app there it is or call of duty hbo now yes yeah. hbo now hbo uh, go is if you don't have it at all or it's the opposite i can't remember which no one, go which. is if you have a subscription perfect and if you don't have a subscription then you can use hbo now, now. and that is where you can so this is replacing so what's HBO max now. then it oh, will, it's going to replace now. Yeah, so it will have oh. Warner Brother movies, so including DC. They're going to make DC shows are going to go on there. They're going to have original movies that will go on there. It's their answer to Disney+. Plus. It's basically Disney+, Plus, but Warner Brother products with HBO. And so they've already announced that they're going to do Looney Tunes. So they just showed off a trailer of that this morning that I saw that looked really – I liked it. It was kind of fresh. And then they are doing an Elmo uh, talk show 
um, where Elmo's going to host his own talk show with Cookie Monster being his uh, stand-up guy or his hype guy with cookies. So, okay. uh, it so it's fun. replacing HBO now. So that yes. sounds like what I'll have to go for when I cut the cord with DirecTV. Got it. Probably. JM Rain 99, making it rain. We're at the we're almost at finished level four of the hype train. You guys did all this since we started doing QA. Thank you guys. This is freaking awesome. You guys rock. Um, next question. Uh Derek D1112. Is there much incentive to buy a new console this fall? Seems like most probably all new games will play on the current ones. Um, well, that depends on what the PlayStation 5's lineup looks like because they obviously won't play on the PS4. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is the exception. The PS5, that's not the case. So yeah, <clears throat> I think that argument for Xbox makes sense. Maybe not so much for Somewhat. PlayStation. I mean, it Excuse depends me. how well Halo Infinite runs on the Xbox One X, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is going to depend on that. Exactly how well do these supposedly next-gen games run on the weaker hardware? If they're 30 frames a second max, it might convince some more people, which it probably isn't going to be the case. It might convince more people to upgrade. Um, but I hear what you're saying. Um, if you're an Xbox gamer and you already have an Xbox One X, you could probably make do for a little while. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, but I, don't, I think Microsoft has that built into its plan. I think it knows that. And it's a part of the whole ecostructure that's building with its kind of tiered hardware hoping that everybody can kind of get in and start buying its games so i hear you i think it's more apt for xbox than playstation though um let's see next question uh sneaky solid shanake do you have any opinion on the massive massive falling out between nolan north and troy troy baker they won't be working with each other ever again well I don't believe that. I try to never say never or ever about anything because there's been lots of times in my life I've said that and I was wrong. A lot a lot of times I've thought never, ever, and I was wrong. So they may be having a tiff right now. That doesn't mean that they won't eventually get it sorted out and bury the hatchet and start working together again. However, to your point, um, my opinion on the falling out, like they're two alpha VO guys. I'm surprised they were friends as long as they were. What's your take, Matt? I mean, I it sounds like they were just they just had different ideas of what that show should become, and Troy decided to go off and do what he thought should be done. Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody asked somebody asked Nolan North if he and Troy were okay, and he said, "No, but we will be." Yep. Um, just like I said. Yeah. <laughs> some, some people don't work well together. Some people like each other, but don't work well together. That's true. Um, I know yeah. there's a few people I know like that too. Yep, um, for sure. And I have, in fact, worked with them again after saying never again. And you just sort of clear that out, clear it up, lay some ground rules, and you get through it. Um, I mean, it surprised me to some degree that Nolan and, and uh, Troy were such friends just because they're such different people. Yeah, um, they are, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, like, there are people who find Troy very annoying. I'm not one of them. But, like, uh, it seemed to He's, me... I can uh, see that. Yeah, for sure. sure. But like, it seems yeah. to me, it seemed to me that Nolan would be one of those people that might find him annoying, and it was always surprising that they got along so well. And I guess that only lasts so long. <laughs> Your patience can only be tested. So I mean, it's times. a shame for the show because because retro replay is so grounded in those the, the banter between the two of them. Like, it's hard to imagine what that show will be moving forward, but it happens. 
We just hit the hype train. Wee -wee. Level four, baby. We just hit it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody. Uh, some people started pitching in here at the end. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Gohan Rage for Twitch Prime. Thank you. Um, Slagathor, in addition to the other stuff he's given us today, he also uh, subscribed with Twitch Prime for 25 straight months. Same with Gohan Rage. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's get to some more questions. Dre Loach. Dre Loaches, who also contributed with Twitch Prime earlier. Thank you. How often do you guys dust your collections or displays? <laughs> Good question. Hmm. Add consoles to that list too, he says. Or she says. I don't know. Um, I, don't know. I, have, I have housekeepers that come through every two weeks. So that, <laughs> Lucky you. I mean, not anymore. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the stuff behind me doesn't get dusted too often. But it's yeah. also not particularly dusty in this house because the uh, air filters are very good. No. I um I used to be anal about cleanliness. Like literally up until the last three years, I would even say, like everywhere I lived was just spotless, immaculate at all times. And I don't know. Over the last few years, I've just kind of said F it. And I just I don't care that much anymore. So I would probably say I dust like my entertainment center. I probably dust once a month and that has everything in it. It has all my consoles, like my receiver, the direct TV box, all that kind of stuff. I dust it probably once a month. This room that I'm sitting in right now, which is a room that I work in. I'll just, I'll just show you this. So I am going to wipe my finger across the top of this desk right now. And I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. You should. You should have not showed that off. <laughs> it's just dust. That's all it is. We're we're, we're already at Biohazard Four here. <laughs> yeah. So as you can see, the last couple of years, I am not crazy aggro about keeping stuff clean anymore. This room that I work in is dusty, and part of the problem is that there's so much crap. It's like. Right over here, there's a big pile of figurines. They're the worst thing to dust in the world. So anywhere I have figurines, like my motivation to dust that part of the of the apartment is pretty much zero. <laughs> um, and a lot of this room is filled with stuff like that. Like over here, I have my turntables and thousands and thousands of vinyl records. And literally, the only way you can dust those is to use a vacuum and dust across the top of them. Otherwise, you have to take each record out of its sleeve. It's insane. So I have relaxed on my cleaning OCD over the last couple of years. So I don't clean as often as I used. Uh, let's see. What other questions do we have? Uh, Erebus Jones, who is more annoying campers or quick scopers? What multiplayer behavior drives you crazy? Campers, definitely campers. There's nothing worse than the coward who hides in some building and just pokes his head up out of the window every like two minutes and gets like 20 kills and then pokes it back down. And then you try to go up into the building and kill him and he's booby trapped the whole building with like claymores and trip mines. Those are the people I hate the most. What about you, Matt? So you hate the smart guys. They're not smart. They just aren't good enough to play out in the field. So they find ways to look. I'm not blaming them if they're not good enough to be out in the field and get kills. And you don't, I don't, I want them on my team to do that camp because otherwise they're just fodder and you have no chance of winning. Sounds so, more like you don't have the skills to get them out of their camping spot. 
Well, it depends on your loadout. So, you know, if you don't have like something that can trip those, then yeah, you can't go in and get them. If you don't have like flashbangs or you don't have uh, frag grenades, you can't. You can't go in and get them. Um, and because, again, the way that they've set up like the pick 10 system in, in shooters for the last decade at this point, um, it's very likely that you have a loadout that doesn't have any of that stuff because you don't have to carry it by default anymore. So, um, trust me, if I had a flashbang, I'd go up in there and get his ass without a doubt. But sometimes I don't, depending on the loadout I'm using. Um, or sometimes you just have to go in gangbusters with like three guys. But again, because nobody uses headsets anymore, you can't coordinate stuff like that. So, um, for me, it's campers. What about you, Matt? Um, I don't really play enough multiplayer games to be annoyed by anything specific. I, so I'll just say the racist 12 year olds screaming okay. at you on the mics. Fair enough. Show up once in a while. <laughs> like, seems, sometimes it seems like the only people that still use headsets in like random public games anymore are twelve-year-olds. We just finished the hype train. We just got all the way to the top. Thirteen subs, two thousand bits. Thank you guys very, very much. We need it. We need it bad right now. We need every bit we can get. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys pitching in and, and helping this make this happen. Uh, Mercius, it looks like. I think, yeah. Mercius, Mercius, uh, just subscribe via Twitch Prime. Thank you. Uh, One Super Master Gamer, Twitch Prime. Thank you. Vash TS60, Twitch Prime. Thank you. You guys are awesome, man. I really, really appreciate this. We really need it. Uh, let's see if we can get one or two more questions in here. Um, oh, Vincent is saying uh, Doom Eternal did not count digital. So that's why it may have been a little bit lower on the MPDs. Uh, here's. Yep. Here's a question from one Supermaster Gamer. Matt, have you seen the FX show Devs? If so, what do you think of it? I have not. I've heard a lot of praise for it, though. Yeah. Which I'm surprised at. I thought it might be like um, there was a show about fantasy football. And his first two seasons were amazing. It's called The League. His first two seasons were amazing. They ran out of fantasy football jokes to crack. And then the last two seasons were garbage. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen to this show. But the problem is there are only so many geek jokes <laughs> and and uh so hopefully it can c- continue its momentum uh but we'll I mean, see i think it will alex garland knows what he's doing um the question kind of becomes how long will alex garland stay on the show and will the show continue after he leaves um so we'll see but for now from what i hear it's very good i just haven't gotten to it yet um one from dan boy hey shane not game related uh, did you see that gronk is off is yeah, off he's the traded, buck? He's traded to the Bucks from the New England what? Patriots. He's come out of the retirement and is going to the Bucks. Hey, wait, he's going to play? He's going to play with Tom Brady well, once again. It got announced right no. when we started the show. <laughs> he's not going to play because there's no football. But uh, right. yeah, that yeah. happened while we were, <laughs> yeah, that's while we were on. Yeah, that's what happened live when right when we got on the show. This broke. Um, Dude. My I'm, phone's blown up. <laughs> what Sam, our old TriCaster TD, must be feeling right now? First, he loses Brady, and now he loses Gronk. Not only did he lose Gronk to retirement, Gronk was like, "I'm not going to play for the Patriots, but I'll unretire to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the most moribund franchises in the yeah, NFL." They've been in the snow long enough. They're going to Florida. <laughs> Uh, Ian Esquire, any plans on streaming during the quarantine? I've thought about it many times. Um, I thought about streaming Final Fantasy VII, and now I can't get it to play anymore. Uh, I thought about it with Doom. Um, I just, I just be perfectly honest with you. I have 
I am completely overwhelmed. I'll just be honest with you. Um, since Mitch got here and we've been doing Sifted HQ and Pactor Factor has gone daily, I'm completely overwhelmed. I don't have time to wipe my ass. I'm just being honest. I, I am working like 18 hours a day to get this all done. It's making me crack up because I know it's crazy. Um, I can't go any harder. I can't do any more streams. I can't do anything else. This is it. This is all I got. And it's, I don't know if it's good enough. So, yeah, I, I would not expect any game streams, man. Um, most of the stuff I'm going to be playing is to stuff that I'm not supposed to talk about yet. So we can talk about it here on the show. Um, there's a chance maybe. Uh, just make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games because anytime we do stuff like that, we're going to alert you guys there. Um, I wish I could. I just can't. I'm giving it all I got, people. All I got. Uh, let's see. Do we have one more? I hate to end it on a somber note. We need one more fun question, damn it. <laughs> but that's the way 208 is going to end. All right, so that's it. Uh, big thanks to all the guys on the stream. Uh, you guys made the end of the show great. You made the whole show great. You guys were giving us a bunch of tips on stuff we were talking about, uh, some corrections here and there. We really appreciate that so we can get the right information into the show right out from the first broadcast. Um, if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could head to patreon.com slash sifted and kick us a couple bucks a month. For four bucks a month, you get all our stuff, not just the podcast that you've been listening to there. Uh, a big thank you to everyone who's sticking with us on Patreon. I know a lot of people have lost their jobs. Pretty much every single exit interview for people who have had to drop have been has been, I've lost my job and I have no money. I totally understand that. If any of you guys have like lost your jobs and you're sticking with us, um, thank you. I don't know how else I can say it. Um, it's amazing that you would do that. Um, but uh, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Sorry for the late start today. We had some technical issues in the studio. And unfortunately, Mitch is the only one in the studio. And we can't go in while he's there. So he had to just sort it out, which he did. Which I'm very proud of the fact that he was able to do that. All right, the show ended up only starting like 10 minutes late. So I'm pretty happy about that. So um, if you want to follow Sifted on Twitter, it's at Sifted Games. I'm at Dinfire. Matt is at M Kyle. That's K-E-I-L. And Mitch is at Mitch Sikor, S-I-K-O-R. So on behalf of the whole crew here at Game Face, we'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.